Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
we praise your name and we thank you for this opportunity to be able to come before you and give you praise and honor and worship and thank you for everything, everything. For as it says in First Thessalonians 5, and I forget the verse, uh, but it's on the tip of my tongue, that we are to praise you in all at all times, good and bad. And that is a very big challenge for many of us, especially me. I would I would raise my hand in a big, big way. Um, and I just give you all the praise, Father. I thank you for the difficult days, the difficult weeks that we have. I, I Father, I words cannot describe how amazed and astonished I am as I look back on my life, and I'm sure that others look back on their lives with the same astonishment and amazement wondering how they got through or how any of us got through the things that we did get through and how many times that you have spared us from, um, well, going to jail for a really, really long time or wrecking our cars in a really horrible way or just the miracles that have happened in our lives, the times that you have replaced our jobs at the last second, uh, right before the company folded. I, You know, this, these things have all happened to me. Father, I just praise you for the, the many times that you have rescued me and, and uh, when I didn't deserve it. And how much more so now when so many of us are trying desperately, very hard, very, very hard to um, to walk that narrow path to deal with the um, dynamics that are around us right now that I would argue are as every bit as dark as the days of Noah, although we really don't know. We really don't know, and there are more and more um, historical. Inf- there's more and more historical information coming forward, Father, that seems to indicate that the days of Noah were a lot darker than we had any idea that they were. Uh, that there were beings on the earth that uh, just were never even discussed or mentioned, even in the tiniest little bit in the Bible. And just like J. Vernon McGee said in his book, Through the Bible, um, God hath not given us all the details. Uh, and we just praise you, Father God, and we thank you for the, the roadmap to heaven that you have given us through the Holy Bible that we have even now, even without the 14 books of the Apocrypha, or sorry, the 11 books of the Apocrypha that, uh, um, I believe it's, or was it the 14 books of the Apocrypha that were in the 1611 King James, and the Book of Jubilees, the Book of Enoch, and then so many others of the Apocrypha that we haven't, you know, that, that, that uh, haven't even been entertained as being potentially a Holy Spirit-inspired one. In many cases, they probably were. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for the days that we're in right now. We praise you for the difficulties. Father, I just uh, I thank you for the little image that you gave me or that you led me to. Uh, praise you, Lord. Um, and it says, I will sing to the Lord, for he hath been good to me. Psalm 1, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm uh, has a very interesting font and extremely difficult to read, but it looks like it might be Psalm Twelve six, but I'll have to double check that um, in my Bible thing here. But um, yeah, it looks like Psalm twelve six. I will sing to the Lord for He hath been good to me. Praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. All of us do. Many of us maybe could be suffering from health disorders. I know that I have my share. I know that there are others that are having. Um, probably what you would refer to as extreme difficulties, and I've been having them for many, many years. And I pray, Father, and we do pray together, Father, as one body in Christ. Please, Holy Lord, please, Heavenly Lord, Jesus, please pour out your blood upon and into the bodies, into the bodies of those of us who need the healings, who need, I I have, as you know, I have um, pains in my knees and and certainly the one that was uh, operated on, but there are people out there that have much worse Uh, health issues. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we claim it. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we declare it. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we command 
the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ upon all of our infirmities because you are the healer of all of our infirmities. In the name of Jesus, we command the sicknesses to go. Be thou made whole in the name of the Lord Jesus. I put my hands on my knees in the name of Jesus. Cartilage be repaired, be replaced in the name of Jesus. I command the cartilage to be replaced in the name of uh, Jesus for anybody out there that is having hip problems, anybody out there that's having any kind of body issues, anybody out there that's having breathing issues, upper respiratory issues. Father God, we plead your blood into their bodies in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We command a healing to come down because we got work to do for you, Father God. We got work to you in the name of Jesus that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father, for the days that we are in right now. We thank you for every day that you bring us through our prayers we know are righteous before thee father god for you would want not one to heal uh, not one to perish and we are here in accordance with isaiah 43 25 where you said i even i am he who who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and i will not remember your sins keep me in remembrance and let us contend together and father we are here together tonight and only by your grace which we pray in the name of Jesus, that you will pour out in an abundance to us. Pour out an anointing of grace, Father God, that is larger than we have ever experienced in our lives. We pray it, Father, give us an anointing, a golden cup indeed of anointing, Father God, upon us to all be filled with a spirit of trust. A spirit of trust that causes us to not fret, that causes us to not worry, to not be concerned about the things that are coming upon the earth. We know they're coming. We see them coming. But we also believe with all of our heart, Father, while we may be delivered to them. I'm sure that John did not think he was going to be thrown into a pot of boiling oil on the island of Patmos. I'm pretty sure Peter didn't think he was going to be nailed to a cross upside down. I certainly wouldn't have wanted to know that fate beforehand. Father, none of us want to even entertain the thought of the things that our our predecessors before us have gone through. Some things are so utterly horrible. Even those things that are even mentioned, uh, even those things which are mentioned in the Bible, I do believe, and I'm not sure, but I I can search on it. No, I'm not going to search on it. Praise God, I'm not going to search on it. But there are scriptures, Father, that are just absolutely horrific. Truly, truly horrific regarding some of the things that have happened to our fellow brothers and sisters in the days that have gone by thousands of years ago. But then what ha- the things that were undocumented, uh, you know, us, you know, when we take the uh, when we take the uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, we set it aside. <clears throat> we take the, the Pilgrim Church, we set it aside and we consider what it, what has happened to so many of our fellow brothers and sisters over the last 2000 years the 1200s horrible period of time just a horrible 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 oh lord jesus just awful periods of times where mercenaries murderous mercenaries on horseback rode into villages that were innocent and built away from the other villages so that they might be able to practice their christianity in peace and love and kind and loving um, gatherings and housing developments. I don't know what else to call them. Villages that they built by hand, like the Bogomels. And to have the things happen to them that, that did is just absolutely unbelievable. We know, Lord Jesus, that you said in the Olivet Discourse very clearly that we would suffer persecution. 
there's different accounts and variations of it through the through the uh, through Mark 13, Luke 21, and Matthew 24. But we don't, you know, one of the things we're unable to discern, and you're you're certainly not going to tell us, Father. We know that you're not. Is um, what awaits us, and we know that it rains on the just and the unjust, and we know pretty much we don't know what all the judgments are that are going to come our way. We have heard, praise you, Jesus, thank you, Father. This is something that uh, uproots my uh, my gut and makes me feel most deeply troubled, is that there's an El Nino thing that is uh, being spoken of in great, uh, I don't know what to say, it's everywhere. It's on all the um, weather news medias uh, out there, and it's uh, talking about this shift in the ocean currents and the temperatures of the ocean currents, suggesting that there's going to be, you know, it's not just going to be a busy hurricane season like it was last year, but last year's hurricane season was really strange because there was some type of a wind that was blowing all these hurricanes that should have come barreling into the Gulf of Mexico or against the east coast of the United States, Babylon the Great, but instead were blown back out into the Atlantic and they just looped a loop. It was the oddest. There might have been a lot of them, but they were worthless. They were meaningless, essentially, except for the one that really slammed into Florida, Ian. But, there, Father, there's so many. Now they're talking about so many, so much worse. So, so much worse. And, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that all of your believers out there that are in, in the path of danger will understand the power that is associated with walking around your property, walking the perimeter of your property, anointing the perimeter of your property with oil, anointing the trees and the tree branches with oil, and commanding them to be held up by the angels in the name of Jesus and the protection of the, uh, of your uh, dwelling place against such winds, against such uh, devastation, Father. We just praise you for that. And we pray, Father, that you will uh, touch people and help them somehow, supernaturally, whether it be in a dream or a vision or how, Maybe it's an, uh, listening to a podcast, whatever it may be, that they will understand that they have this power in the name of Jesus. So many of us don't understand how powerful we are through the name of Jesus who lives within us. For it's no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. We play the victim every single time. I do. <clears throat> well, to, a, to some extent, I know the power that I have uh, through you, Lord Jesus. But at the same time, I also know that we are commanded Indeed, we're admonished, we're commanded, we're directed, we are, the word is spoken to us uh, over and over again to tell us that we are to be in continuous pray, uh, prayer, and that we are to pray for one another. And where two or three are gathered together, or two, two are gathered on earth, as it says in Matthew eighteen nineteen, 19, uh, you know, the, that these things will be given to us by our Father, as long as we are not praying amiss. That as long as we are praying in such a manner that the ultimate outcome of that prayer will be to glorify you, Father, then praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we can believe with all of our heart that that prayer will be answered. And we cannot believe, no, we cannot believe that it will be answered in a miraculous manner. We have to understand that it, we each of us, as we pray, especially for big things in our lives, uh, maybe we call them mini miracles. Maybe we just simply refer to them as miracles. I like to refer to the smaller ones as mini miracles. But, Father, we, you know, we have to be, each of us have to be an Abraham. We have to be willing to go up to the very last nanosecond 
for you to answer those prayers with faith, knowing that you're answering them, praising you all along the way. I can I can attest, and and before you, Father God, and before any of the listeners of this audience, I can attest, and and before you, uh, and before all of them, that there have been things in my life that I have prayed for that you know about, uh, and it has taken. Um, sometimes years sometimes years before the answer came just absolutely astonishing and we have to understand that we've got to continue to praise you because we know that we're going to receive it why wouldn't we praise you if we truly believe that we're going to receive the answer to the prayer why would not we not wake up in the morning and praise you why would we not thank you for the outcome before the outcome is realized, because we know that we know that we know that we're going to receive the answer to that prayer, but we don't. Frequently, we do not. We do not. We believe more quickly that we're not going to receive the answer to the prayer, and we give up early and we stop praying for it. But we are to pray like the like in Luke 18, the persistent widow, and be persistent about it, and to bug the great judge, and to bug and bug and bug and bug and bug and continuously ask and ask and ask and ask and ask, and praise and praise and praise and praise until the walls of Jericho fall down, because we know that we're going to receive the answer to that prayer. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. There have been so many things. I cannot list them all. I can't even remember them all, the things that have happened in my life that I couldn't believe it. I Certainly, I did put out petitions for prayer. Certainly, I had a lot of pr- people praying for me. I asked for it. I went forward. I said, please, in the name of Jesus, I need prayer for this. This is an impossible situation. And people did lift me up in prayer. And praise God, those prayers were answered. It was a miracle, and the miracles continue to happen. And in each of our lives, thank you, Father God, for helping us to understand that in each of our lives, those miracles will happen. Those miracles will continue to happen, providing that we truly believe. And if we truly believe and we are compliant, we are uh, doing exactly what we have been told, like the persistent widow in Luke 18. We will continue to pray, not just to pray always, but to pray and praise you, to understand that the power of praise was that which broke down, caused an earthquake to break the shadow of the iron in the in the uh, in the jailhouse that bled people to Christ, that freed the the people that were imprisoned, allowed Paul and Silas to show up uh, surprisingly to the doors of those who were still praying for them at the time the door knocked. Father God, that the walls of Jericho were brought down by the by praise, helping us to understand that through praise we clear our house of demons, through putting on uh, uh, praise music in our houses, and let us pray in Jesus' name that we all have plenty of that. If we don't, we should get some. If we and if we don't have a DVD player, we should go out and buy one. They're cheap enough. And Father, let us let lead us to get the right praise music. Lead us to fill our houses with praise. Lead us to buy a boombox if that's what what it is you want us to have. Whatever it is that we need to have in our houses, help us to understand that through that praise, through that worship, through that praise music, the very name of the, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ is so utterly powerful that it will clean our house. It will shut down demonic portals that we may not even be aware that are there that have been brought in by other people that have visited, perhaps. Father, we just praise your name, and we thank you for these revelations that are a part of our lives, because without them, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where a lot of people would be. Father, at this time, in the name of Jesus, where two or two or more are gathered together, Father God, we, we lift you up in accordance with Matthew 18, verse 19, and very quickly becoming one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Again, I say to you, Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
Hallelujah. Well, here we are on earth, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have two major requests that we would like to lift up before you. Request number one, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name we pray for our fellow brothers and sisters who have lost their dwelling places, for our fellow brothers and sisters who have lost their jobs, for our fellow brothers and sisters, Father God, who have in any way lost their way, become discouraged, shook their hand. As it says in the scripture, and I do not remember the chapter in the verse, it, it says, uh, when a man's folly brings his ways to ruin, his, he, 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 um, uh, uh, when a man's folly brings his ways to ruin, he shakes his fist at God. I forget the exact words, Father God, but you know which scripture I'm referring to you. And we don't blame you. We don't know. We know that these are all trials and tribulations. We know that these things that we are going through and our fellow brothers and sisters are going through are the refiner's fire. In many cases, we doubt that they are chastening, but we don't know, Father God, because we don't know. We don't have the ability to be able to see their relationship between the earth and you. We pray in the name of Jesus that if there is any chastening that any of us need, that you will allow it to come upon us now. Let us not miss the departure. Let us not miss the rescue mission. Let us not miss the barley harvest. Let us not miss the first fruits. Let us not miss the first watch. Luke 12, verses 35, 36, 37. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us be at the Sukkot wedding. Let us be at the Sukkot wedding. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Father God, that the counting of the Omer will include sheaves of barley that we are a part of. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you again and again and again for it may have taken 10 years for you to reveal the things that you have revealed to us, but we praise you. We thank you for bringing to our attention through five doves and John Ting, all the way back to 2004, the revelation of the prophecy division that was given to David Doetry, who lives barely an hour south of where I live right here in Tampa. Father. We praise you for that. We thank you for revealing to us through his vision that he was standing in his backyard in the evening time. Hallelujah. We praise your holy name. And Father God, we thank you for uh, help for him coming on the show, not once, but twice, Father, to reveal to us the experience that he went through. Many, 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 many back-to-back-to-back years that he spent on his knees crying in tears, <clears throat> asking you over and again, Father God, if you would please, please show him the rapture. And after, I think it was in, in excess of 10 years, but I'm not exactly sure what the time is. And I, But Father God, that enormous amount of years, and he would not relent. He would never stop. He kept on praying so hard with all of his heart. Seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you came through for him, Father, and you showed him a powerful and mighty vision of the of the rapture. And it had to be the barley harvest rapture because it, um, it happened while he was standing in his backyard an hour south of where I am right now, which won't exist after the meteor hits off the coast of Puerto Rico. This state is going to be wiped out. So is the East Coast, the entire East Coast of the United States, and the entire world is going to shake, the, uh, rock to and fro like a drunkard, as it says in Isaiah 24. This entire world is going to be brought to crumbles, and that is just the beginning of the day of the Lord. 
Father, we praise you for revealing these things to us. We thank you for the prophecy that just came out from God's Healer 7, warning us that the animals are going to be the animals and, and animals and insects and all the, uh, all the things that are non-human on this earth are going to start. They've already begun, but we know that, that now more than ever before, they're going to start attacking us or at least humans, not us, uh, not those of us who believe in Jesus, and not those of us who have the power and the aura of the, of the power of the Lord Jesus around us that are operating under an open heaven with holy fire, thank you, Jesus, around us at all times. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We know that we're not going to be subject to those things, but we are very certain because your Bible says it. And this is a manifestation of the very last part of the verse, uh, of the verses that are associated with the fourth seal, behold, a pale horse. And it says, and the beast of the earth at the very end. Just a few tiny little words, but Father, it was captured in a prophecy of, from Sister Barbara, and we praise you for that today, because we understand that these seals have been popped. They have been broken on the scrolls. The scrolls are rolling out in parallel. We understand, Father God, and we praise your name that... that um, we praise your name, Father God, that Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and Revelation chapter 6 are overlaying one another, and they are unfolding before our very eyes. We thank you, Father God, for not, you know, even in the midst of all of the people that have been praying fervently for a restoration of the United States, fervently for a turnaround of the darkness that has occurred on the earth, fervently for uh, some sort of a reprieve, it has not been answered. And we praise you for that, Father God, because that means you <clears throat> are not relenting. You, Father God, are, praise your holy name, you are moving forward with the judgments. Uh, I will rise at midnight to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. Hallelujah, we praise your name. Because, Father, if it wasn't for the uh, confirmation associated with uh, these judgments, um, we, we, you know, we would be befuddled. Um, and here are the scriptures, Psalm 119, verse 62, Father God. God, at midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgment. Isaiah 26, verse 9, for when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Hallelujah. Father God, how many more millions and millions and millions of people will face perdition, will be sent to the pit and burn in eternal fire if it wasn't for the judgments that you were about to levy upon this earth, if it wasn't for the things and the horrors that are being allowed to occur on this earth. Father God, with these, when these things are bad, there is no such thing as an atheist and a Father, we praise you for the testimony of the woman who was standing in the midst. She was standing in the pathway of the terrible, the worst tsunami this earth has seen since I have been alive in the last 60 years. In 2005, around December the 25th, in the Indian Ocean, after an 8.5 earthquake occurred in Thailand, and she saw the waters come rushing directly at her. She knew she was going to die. She was a Buddhist, and she shifted at the last second as she was holding on to a piece of wood in the go to she cried out and she said Jesus and the water went right around her father God we praise you for those kinds of miracles because as it says in Acts 2 17 through 21 blood fire and vapor of smoke and all those who call out upon the name of the Lord shall be saved we praise your name and Father, we pray that that fate will be the fate that falls upon so many of the people that are on the earth right now that are resistant to the glory that is theirs if they would only succumb to the awesomeness of your promise. And it seems like such a sacrifice to those who do not understand. 
But it's not a sacrifice. It's such a blessing, Father God, that you have given us through the testimony of Odin Hedrick to understand that there are covenant companions, to understand the glory of a covenant companion and how awesome that's going to be. It's beyond words. We, even, even Odin himself could not describe it, stating only that uh, that which we experience here on earth is like a bad dream in comparison. Father God, to help us to understand the glory of, of the possibility of, of maybe receiving rewards that would include a, a city mansion as well as a country mansion and be able to sit on a veranda in the back of the mansion and be able to see the, <clears throat> the throne room of God in the Crystal River flowing down across Mount Zion, down into the valleys, down into the uh, country mansion area, the suburbs of heaven, praise you Jesus, hallelujah, past the really, really large mansions that encircle Mount Zion, out further into the into the uh, smaller uh, dwelling places that uh, are very much like the Thomas Kincaid uh, paintings. Father, they were so anointed. We praise you, Jesus, for those. And then even further out, I'm sure, to those who unfortunately did not understand the importance of following and being as obedient as we possibly can. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for any of us who do not understand the importance of obedience, who do not spend the time that we need to be spending reading, reading the Bible and understanding that these things are not optional. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to understand that even that uh, the, the testimony of the one church pastor, I do not know his name. I do not know his name, but I do remember the testimony of how he was taken to heaven. He had died, was taken to heaven, the pastor of a church, evidently of some size, but he had never seated out of the, out of the uh, tithes of the church congregation. He had never given into the ministry of uh, others. He had never taken 10% off the top of those ties. He had kept it all for the church that he was trying to maintain and keep the roof from leaking and uh, all the other things that needed to be maintained, believing that, that that money was being given to him. He never tithed out of that. And then when he, was, when he died and was taken to heaven, he discovered that he was going to be living in a tiny little apartment in heaven. And when, and when he came back, he was absolutely blown away, shocked beyond any words, just absolutely, utterly, utterly blown away. And I would have been too. I would have been too. And he came back and sold everything and, and, and dedicated his entire life to traveling around and helping other people and understand these things. We praise you, Father God, for the testimony of Howard Pittman and the opportunity that we had to bring him on the program. There he was, a very well-known pastor, a very well-known Baptist pastor down in the Texas area. And then he died and he went to heaven. He was almost tricked by the devil at the last second to go into the wrong direction because of a false light. It looked very much like the light of Jesus that called and beckoned him. But something happened at the last split second, the last split second of time that pulled him back away from the false light and allowed him to progress toward the, the true light of the Lord Jesus, only to find that he was not going to be allowed to enter into Mount Zion, the city of the living God, with an innumerable company of angels, just men made perfect, the heavenly Jerusalem, hallelujah, Luke, uh, uh, Hebrews 12:22. praise you, Jesus, and to discover that the reason was because he actually had more self-satisfaction in being who he was on earth as a pastor than he did love for Jesus that his love for doing the work for the ministry was associated with his, his being well-known, being patted on the back, being hugged, uh, being able to go to big conferences and be recognized and the microphone saying his name and everybody knew him and that was, that was his glory in the kingdom. It wasn't because he was deeply in love with the Lord Jesus. It was because he was deeply in love with his job in the kingdom 
and to find out that that was not what the Lord was looking for from him, to find out how insignificant all of that was, and to be utterly shocked to discover that, and to come back to the earth, sell everything, give up in the ministry, turn down his, uh, his, uh, his title within the uh, Southern Baptist Convention, and to, and to dedicate, I believe it was a Southern Baptist, and to, uh, to, to dedicate his entire life to traveling around. To, he wrote the book Placebo. Father God, we praise you. Uh, uh, Father, there's so much. It was so amazing. The testimonies of those who have been taken to heaven are amazing. Father, we thank you for the testimony of of uh, Sori Park, Pastor Sori Park. Many people don't realize that there are unbelievably anointed, Holy uh, Holy Spirit uh, Spirit filled, tongue speaking Christian churches all over South Korea, and that Sori. Park many 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 years ago I would I would guesstimate probably more than 20 years ago was taken to heaven and Lord Jesus you told him you told him that NASA would come on the televisions across all of the world and tell the people that the aliens took them well the aliens can't take the Christians away if there aren't any aliens visible can they no one would believe it so that supports the testimony of David Doetry, of the large, huge, Death Star-like mothership, which happens to be on, uh, on brass, shiny brass sculptures all over the world. Used to just be the Vatican Library. Used to just be outside of the United Nations building in New York. But now they're all over the world. To lift up the fallen angelic beings as gods, because that's what they see them as. They see the arrival of Nibiru. They see the arrival of the destroyer. They see this as the return of the Anunnaki. They see this as the ambassadors of Satan returning to the earth. (coughs) They see themselves as being part of that collective. When they sell the soul, their souls to the devil, they see them as their gods. They are the same host of heaven that those who uh, were ruled over by Jeroboam that went up to the, to, to the rooftops and gave drink offerings and such to the hosts of heaven were actually worshiping at the time. But so few of us realize that dynamic, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful blessing for us to understand that. To understand that the that the sons of God who came down on into the daughters of men and bore giants before they came down and did that deed, they were holy. To understand that in Daniel it speaks of in more than once in two different scriptures, it refers to I saw a watcher, a holy one. Father, your scripture is so amazing and we praise you so much. We cannot, I cannot thank you. I personally cannot thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for all of the things that you have revealed to me. I praise you for helping me to understand not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. When, you know, not to be intentionally going and researching every single testimony of every single individual looking for a foible or a fault so that I can throw the entire testimony out. Because we're, Father, you use imperfect people always, and they get notions in their head. If anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know. 1 Corinthians 8, 2. 
I praise you, Father God, for opening my heart and my mind and my spirit in such a manner that would allow me to receive the glory that is associated with you, the glory of all of the universes, the glory of, of trillions of life forms, trillions of civilizations, to understand the beautiful blessing that you have given us of the people that have suffered so horribly at the hands of Satan that uh, come on to the radio show regularly and, and share with us their experiences, experiences that would not be experienced by anybody on this earth if it wasn't for the the depths of the darkness. Father God, the revealing of the of the individual, I cannot remember his name. I cannot remember his name. I praise you, Jesus, for this, Father. But the person that had hacked into the NASA computers and had discovered a spreadsheet that had identified the entire secret space program and the actual lieutenants and the colonels and the various ranks of the individuals that were assigned to the fleets that are out in outer space right now, Father, these things are so amazing, yet uh, so many of us do not, uh, you know, we, we, we blow it off. We just, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, if you say so, lots of people make claims, you know, it must be artificial intelligence, you know, that kind of thing. And Father, right now we have so many deceptions that are coming upon us. It is just unbelievable. We are absolutely soaking in sewage, just like the Antichrist said, just like he said. If you flood enough squares with enough raw sewage, nobody is going to believe anybody. No one will trust anything. And at that point, you got them. And we have come to that place now for sure. Father, we praise you for giving us big rubber boots that come all the way up to our knees that allow us to be able to walk through this raw sewage and to still remain in your holiness, to remain in your presence, and to be able to give you worship. And just, oh, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will anoint every one of us. Please, in the midst of the trials and tribulations, in the midst of the fiery trials that are to try us, Father, we and, and are trying us right now, Father, please help each one of us come to a place where that that anointing of trust will fall upon each of our hearts, and we will stop worrying, that we will change, tr- just hand it over to you. Give it to you. Believe. If we will only believe, if we will only believe, and if we truly believe, we're going to praise. And if we're going to praise, we're going to bring down the power. Because the power of God, the power of the name of Jesus is going to inhabit the prayers of your people, Father God. And we praise you, Father. We thank you. We know that we are your people. We can go back to the Old Testament. We can look at those scriptures. We can see those promises. And we can embrace them. Because as it says in the book of Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, free or slave, man nor woman. We are all one in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Father God, for these promises, because these promises do belong to us. And we know that when you inhabit the praises of your people, even though the Old Testament was referring to the people of Israel, we know that we are part of that because we are grafted onto the olive tree. Hallelujah. We have that power. We have that glory. And all we have to do is walk in it. And we praise you, Father God, for leading us down that path. Father, help us each to trust in our heart, trust in you with all of our heart and lean not upon our own understanding. And in all ways, in always, thank you, Jesus, acknowledge you, praise you, praise you. That's what it means. I believe that with all of my heart. It may not say that word exactly, but I believe it with all of my heart. When it says, and always to acknowledge you, I believe in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that it means to praise you, to be waking up, to be lifting our hands in the morning time, to start the day off in joy, in joy, not of joy associated with having to put on those boots and walk through the sewage, no siree, but in joy of knowing that we are sojourners, we are not part of this world, and we are passing through, hallelujah, we are getting out of here, very, very, I will say the word impending, how about that, there's an impending rupture of the saints, there's an impending 
impending time that we are going to move from this place. There is an impending time. We don't know exactly when it is. We have a pretty good idea of what the events are that surround it, Father God. We don't know how much, if at all, you're going to relent. Haven't done it so far since 2019, and we praise your holy name. Father, we got the the uh, consummation of the X across the United States in the second part of the uh, uh, eclipse. We found out through um, uh, th- through uh, Sister Rachel Baxter and also an article uh, by Brother Michael Schneider that the, that the uh, all of the planets in this solar system are going to be lined up on the ecliptic plane uh, directly with the planet Earth uh, uh, during the uh, final uh, X being placed, uh, the final line being put across. We know that several uh, towns uh, that the uh, that the uh, um, the shadow of the eclipse is going to cross over. Uh, I believe it's on April eighth. I might be a few days off. Maybe it's the twenty fourth. I don't know. I can look it up here. Praise you, Jesus. I'm not going to take the time, but it's in April. I, I, but anyway, Father, we praise you for that, and we know that many of the towns that that shadow of the eclipse, the to- the total full eclipse, is going to move across are interestingly named Nineveh. Wow. I mean, so many miracles. Now, Father, we also recognize and we praise your holy name. We thank you for this, Father God, that whenever there are bl- biblical blood moon tetrads, uh, Father God, when there's uh, the, the perfect uh, sign of the Lord, which you, you were such so gracious to show us, uh, the 343 blood moon tetrad that had uh, equidistant uh, blood moons, um, uh, you know, uh, again, a pattern of three, then four, then three, uh, that uh, were mathematically impossibly spread across one another with with the final blood moon um, uh, landing uh, in January of 2019. What a time for that to land. What a time for that to land. Exactly at the time that the release of the, of the first major pandemic and destruction across that bioweapon launched against mankind. Father, there's so much confusion out there. People are so confused. And now that now the Satan is instituting laws in France, if you even say one bad thing against uh, the mRNA vaccine, they can throw you in jail for three years. It's unbelievable. These things have been made into law. There are horrible things. They're, they're injecting people with Ebola vaccines, Father God, right now out in Denver. Uh, they they're, they're instituting uh, CBDCs and the collapse of the banks right now. Uh, there are governors that are blind because they're so busy doing whatever it is. Many of us are busy, Father God. Many of us are busy just trying to keep food on the table because the food is disappearing. But you know about all these things because these are, these are fulfillments of the prophecies that Jesus spoke of. These are the things that, that our Lord Jesus talked about, warned us about. We're able to check all of the boxes. We praise you, Father God, for being able to check all of those boxes. We thank you, Father God. Power, signs, lying, wonders. How many of us, Father God, praise you, Jesus? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That have the ability and do take, uh, do actually take the time to go out and look on on uh, Twitter. Really, it, it is the only place that you can do it. It is. Um, and while and a lot of people have um, you know uh, sister sites located on Rumble and other places that uh, are not yet being censored but probably being monitored by the forces of darkness, no doubt about it. Um, we know that they can listen in on our cell phones even when they're turned off. Uh, we know that they can see through our cameras and watch us on our TVs even when they're turned off. Father God, but you know what? It doesn't. It shouldn't matter. Why do we even care? We are sojourners. We are anointed. We are part of the Godhead. We are royal priesthood, a holy nation, your own special people that were brought out of the darkness and into your marvelous light. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We praise you for the divine protection that you give us through your angels, through the spiritual warfare that we are empowered to to, uh, use because of the power that is in us. Ephesians 3.20. Hallelujah. Now to him who is able to get to, 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 now to him who is able to, uh, to, to, um, oh, goodness gracious. um, Huh. I'm actually 
one of my favorite verses. Hold on a second. Let me maybe because I misquoted. So hold on a second. Ephesians, do do. No, it's not five twenty. It's three twenty. Hold on just a second. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. One of my all-time favorite scriptures. Can you imagine being able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, because of the power that works in us? But why does the power work in us? Because it works through Christ. Because it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. Jesus is in us. We are part of the Godhead. How can Jesus be in us and we are not part of the Godhead? It's not possible. Therefore, it is. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to be able to come before you and praise your holy name. We thank you, Father God, for all the trials, tribulations, the pains, the aches, the, the, the things that are almost intolerable to be able to deal with, uh, the, the sicknesses that, um, you know, for, for so many various reasons. I still to this day have no idea why I had to have surgery on my left knee. Fascinating it is that my right knee has been hurting me for the last 20 years uh, periodically, and it turns out to be my left knee that needs to get surgery. Out of the clear blue sky. It's like unbelievable. Um, Father, so many of us are, you know, we're getting older. We've been doing this for so long. We've been watching day after day, doing out of obedience. We have been watching for the thief to come in the night because we know that the season is upon us. We know that those leaves on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, fig tree are, are turning. We're part of the fig tree generation. We see the green buds budding. We know that we're in the season. We don't pr- pretend to know the day or the hour, but we certainly know that we're in the season. We are. It is right around the corner. It is impending. Hallelujah. It is impending. And we give you all the praise. Father, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Help us to fall in love with you. Help us to fall totally in love with you, Father God. We love you, Father God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We praise your holy name. Help us to get any of the behaviors that are in our lives that are, that are not what you like, that are not in total harmony with your holy will. Reveal those things to us, Father God, in our hearts. Help us to heal. Father God, we come before you and we pray that you will cleanse and totally purify our tongue, our hearts, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. Purge us clean with your hyssop. Make us whiter than snow. Create in us a clean heart, O Lord, for our sin is always before us and in sin our mothers conceived us. Wash us with that hyssop, we pray in Jesus' name. Blot out all of our iniquity, all of our transgressions, all of our sin in the name of Jesus and reveal to us those things which we need to pray fervently about us that we, physician, will heal thyself through the prayers and through the answer of those prayers that we give you praise for in advance because we know we're going to receive it because we believe. Because we believe. We thank you, Father God. Thank you for showing me the things that you have shown me that I might be privileged to impart at least a part of those testimonies to others, that they can walk in it as well. Thank you for helping me to understand, to be able to actually have it happen in my life, to wake up and praise you and pray, I mean, literally walk around the room with my hands in the air saying, thank you, Father, thank you, Jesus, praise you, Jesus, being on my knees even after post-surgery when the surgeon's saying, I wish you wouldn't do that, but I refuse to not, and anointing myself with oil and just being and gushing tears of thanks and praise and worship, knowing that you're going to answer those prayers. Oh, yeah, there was a little inkling of concern in the back, and I would ask for other people to pray for me on a regular basis, but I just kept on praising you and praising you, and then a miracle would occur. And it would happen. It was just amazing. And, Father, so far, it's just been that way over and over and over again. It sounds like I'm a big crybaby, but I believe with all of my heart that if it wasn't for the prayers, 
had already begun. I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if I'd be up there with Tom Horn and Pastor Doug Riggs and oh, so many of our fellow brothers and sisters. And, oh, gosh, that, that we lost over this uh, last attack against humanity. But praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for being so awesome, so awesome for Isaiah 57.1. The righteous perishes and no one takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away while no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. Thank you, Father God, for helping us to understand that when it rains on the just and the unjust, that it's a glorious thing, and we should be celebrating for that person. We should be so happy. Now, yes, Lord, we're going to have grief in our hearts because of our own personal loss, and we should be praying for those who are grieving for the loss that they're having, but yet remembering Psalm 116, verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And to remember and to embrace that, to remember as we're seeing the horrible things that are happening across the earth, the blackness closing in on us like evil black walls being cranked by a satanic entity from the bowels of Sheol as we see them closing in around us on all sides. Every single aspect of the of the uh, end times, the animals, the signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, seas roaring, Christian persecution, Father God, the pastor that has 18 uh, criminal charges being brought against him for feeding the poor in his church. Father God, uh, so many things that are happening. That's just the tip of the iceberg. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of pastors and preachers and uh, doers of the work of God across all of the world, across all of the nations, Father God, that are suffering tremendous persecution. Yet we look at our own little 50-mile radius around our dwelling place, and, and many of us sink into that little hole. We don't see beyond it. We don't care what's happening to the people in Belgium. We don't care what's happening to the people in, in Poland. We don't care what's happening to the people in Crimea. We don't care. It's, it's irrelevant to us because we're so focused on ourselves. We're so focused on what, what's going to make us comfortable. Father, please, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your forgiving grace to fall upon the hearts and the minds of those who are part of our fellow brothers and sisters who are so, who are so thusly focused. They don't see, nor do they really care much and think about the plight of those who are in different parts of the world. They're so focused and so strongly believing that because of one scripture in the Holy Bible, out 31,102, because of that one scripture, because we back Israel, having no idea what the coup de Khazars are, have, never asking the question why Zelensky would claim he was a Jew and, and, and not actually be one. Soros would claim he is a Jew and not actually be one. Father God, the, the conf- but yet we have this, this um, unmitigated, wholehearted support for a situation, a dynamic that is satanic at best. And much worse than satanic. Uh, I don't know if there's anything worse than satanic, but Father God, the things that are happening all across the world in the Middle East, Father, we see, we, we had the revealing from Brother Bill Deagle. I heard that he recently passed and went home. Praise God. I prayed in Jesus' name that you will lift him up. Father, lift him up in heaven. Father God, bless him in the name of Jesus. Anoint him. Anoint Tom, Tom Horn in the name of Jesus. Anoint these people that have been taking Douglas Riggs and all of these. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your holy anointing to come upon them, that you will lift them up in the heavens, Father God, and bless them where they are. We praise you, Jesus. 
Jesus for, the, for, the, for how they have touched our lives and changed us. We thank you, Father God, for the edification and, and the learning that has been brought to us by their, by their hard work. We thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord, and we pray for blessings to fall upon all of them. We, Father, we pray that you will awaken the people that are part of the uh, Seven Mountains mandate. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for those who are victims of that false doctrine. Father, in the name of Jesus, that they will awaken, please. We understand and through your prophecies, dreams, and visions, and also the proclamations of the dark side, what is hev- highly likely to happen, all wrapped around Donald Trump. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will forgive those who have been so misled. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will bring them down off of the seven mountains, that you will awaken those who have been fervently following every single word that comes out of the camp. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus. Please, Father, have mercy upon each of them, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for helping us not to throw the baby out with the bathwater and to sometimes listen to some of of the um, visions and dreams that you give them in hopes of waking them up, even even though it may not. But we ask for your mercy upon them. We ask for your mercy upon us, for your mercy endures forever. And we praise you for that. We thank you, Father, because we so need it right now, more than ever before. Father, all of the saints that I lift up, all of the people that lift me up in prayer and even mention me just the tiniest little bit before your holy throne, Father God, I pray for a tenfold anointing to fall upon them, a healing grace of God to fall through the blood of Jesus Christ to surround them, to save the souls of their loved ones in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. For I do not believe that I would be, uh, I'd probably be homeless. Who knows where I'd be? I don't know. But as a man thinketh thinketh in his heart, so is he. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I have a little sign here. Hold on. Yes, Proverbs 23, 7. I love that little scripture. I love it. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. I don't know which one that is, but uh, I have to go look that up. I have to spend some time, Father. I've got to spend some time going over my cards. Oh, hallelujah. All of these cards. I start out making five or six little laminated cards. I end up with a hundred. I love your scripture, Father. I praise your holy name. I pray that every single person that is a part, that that hears these words, gets themselves a little bit of, even if they just get the, the, um, through Amazon, you know, the the peel and stick lamination that they write down some scriptures on on cards and carry them around with them in their pocket, helping them, you know, reading them frequently so that they, the more you read them, the more you memorize them. The hardest thing to do is to remember the chapter and verse. And to keep on remembering it. I thank you, Father God, for James 4, 4, adulterers and adulteresses. If you are friends of the, with the earth, you are at enmity with God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for these scriptures. Oh, thank you, Father God. Psalm six, uh, 68, I uh, can't remember the last one, 68 something. Oh, hallelujah. If you have iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear. Psalm 68. Hold on a second. Let me look that one up. That's an important one. i got to refresh my memory of so many of these. Life has been so taxing. If I have iniquity, and there it is. Looks like other people have been searching on it too. Psalm sixty-six, eighteen. Hallelujah. If I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. The Lord will not hear. If I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Wow. I first heard that verse through a book I was reading about Smith Wigglesworth. Truly amazing. 
doesn't what does that mean to all of those out there who believe that it's okay to kill people that they can shoot their way into heaven that they can be like Jesus by killing others who don't truly understand the power in the name of Jesus that's iniquity that's a lot of prayers that are not being heard <laughs> it's millions wow Father, we praise your holy name and we thank you. Keep our hearts humble. Keep our minds hopeful. Help us to understand. I dislike the word soon very, very much, but I much more prefer the word impending. <laughs> it is equally as ambiguous, but nevertheless, it still sounds better. And I just praise your name for that, and I'm going to use it more and more. I thank you for that. Father, we praise you for this opportunity to come before you. We thank you, Father God, for this prayer vigil. We thank you for the electronics. We pray that it will stay up. We pray that the, electro the uh, power will stay up to the neighborhood here, that it will not get killed uh, as it did the other day. Father, we praise you. We just thank you. We give you all the praise and honor. We praise you, Father God. We praise you for the answers to our prayers. We praise you, and we will pray through. We will pray through. We will not allow combat in the spiritual realm, combat in a heavenly realm, how Satan stops our prayers. We will not allow those things to hinder our prayers. And we will take advantage of the wonderful and awesome gift of speaking in tongues. And we will pray in tongues as much as we possibly can so that we are able to bypass the attempts of the darkness to thwart and hinder our prayers. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 9, thank you, or 1 Peter 1, 7, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for revealing these things. Thank you for revealing it to me. Thank you for helping me to understand that there is no way the prayer that... I I prayed when I was in so much trouble uh, and shouldn't, shouldn't even have been set free uh, under the circumstances. And, Father, you had incredible mercy on me. There I was praying in tongues when you should not have even listened to me, but you did because I was speaking in tongues. And it bypassed all of the devils that would have stopped the prayer otherwise. How amazing. And it took me 60 years, well, maybe 58, whatever, to come to that to realize it, to remember. Without the foundation of, for example, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Without that foundational scripture etched into my heart, I would not have been able to reflect back on that experience and realize that it was the speaking in tongues which bypassed the, the, uh, the right of the devils to stop my prayer. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Father God, for the iterations, the lines upon lines, precepts upon precepts, here a little, there a little. We praise you, Father God, for helping those of us who want to be able to walk up that golden ladder, to be able to continue to walk up, that our feet will not get stuck like flypaper on a rung at some building that we call a church. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for helping us to continue to walk up that ladder, walk past the church, walk out of it, continue to go up, pierce right through the canopy, above the, the, uh, the rainforest in Brazil and to be able to see the glory of God, to be able to look at the sun and see the Atlantic Ocean on the other side of Chile and Peru. Hallelujah. And to understand how great this opportunity is that you have laid before us. And to be encouraged. To be encouraged even in, in the midst while we see people falling. 
And Father, on that note, we lift up and we pray in the name of Jesus and in accordance with Matthew 18, 19, because we believe and we are. If anybody is, we are the persistent widow of Luke 12. We will never stop praying. We will never stop praying in the name of Jesus until we are thrown into that boiling oil. If that be the case, until we are nailed to that cross upside down, we will give you praise as those nails go into our hands, if that be the case. But we do not believe it. We believe for you in your divine protection, Father God, and we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Just as I'm sure that Peter didn't believe it was going to happen to him. Just as I'm absolutely positive that John didn't believe it was going to happen to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you, uh, two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father. And in the name of Jesus, we all First and foremost, lift up our fellow brothers and sisters that have lost everything, that have lost their dwelling places, that have lost their jobs, that are waiting for the answer to see if they have received the jobs. You know if you are listening to this prayer vigil tonight, and I do not know if you are, brother, but I'll just say the letter D. I am claiming in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you are going to receive that job in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I proclaim it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you shall receive that job. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up all of those who have lost their dwelling places. We lift up all of those who have lost their jobs. Father God, whose families have turned against them. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Those who are suffering in families that have children, that have uh, spouses that are absolutely intolerable, that you cannot barely stand to wake up in the morning and be in their presence, where they are being abused horribly, mental abuse. Father God, so many of us don't even realize the horrors of mental abuse, the horrors of mental abuse. Some of us, once we understand the horrors of mental abuse. Father God, some of us would much even prefer physical abuse over mental abuse. It is just absolutely the most awful, awful thing that anybody should have to endure. Father, we praise you and we thank you and we ask you for your angels to intercede. We pray in the name of Jesus for all of those who are going through those different types of abuse, that are going through loneliness, that are going through rejection, Father God, that are going through, um, uh, um, uh, oh Lord, Father, there's just so much. Loss of jobs, loss of homes, living out of cars. Oh, such. Oh, Father, please, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you in accordance with Matthew 18, 19, in Jesus' name, on this earth, where two or more, on this earth, and in Jesus' name, Father, we hold them up before you. We lift them up before you, Father God. We pass no judgment. We think nothing, because we know there but for the grace of God could potentially go with us. Hallelujah. And we lift them up before you, Father, and we pray for your angels to be sent down to intercede on their behalf, to open doors that have not been opened. Open the doors for them, Father God, that you want for them in the name of of Jesus and slam shut the doors. We walk in trust. We believe that you are going to keep our path straight in the mighty name of Jesus because that is part of the promises of the word. And you are not a man that you should lie. Hallelujah. And we hold them up before you, Father, because we know, we believe. Not only do we believe, but we know that we know that you are going to answer them. And we praise your holy name for answering them already because they shall be answered. Praise you, Jesus. Raise up your people, Father, in the name of Jesus. This is the first group, the first group of harvesters, the first group that is mentioned in Matthew 22. And we thank you, Father. Anoint us, touch us, give us the energy, give us the wherewithal, give us whatever ingredient it is in our personalities that is required to be able to touch other people's lives. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Maybe it's not a podcast. Everybody's doing podcasts. Maybe it's just taking a little bit of our paychecks and going over and touching somebody who can't afford enough food to feed their babies in a line at a super Walmart or wherever. 
whatever, or some other wise market or giant or whatever the case is. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will, will help us, you will touch us, you will motivate us. You will motivate us like we have never been motivated in our entire lives. Help us, Father God, to touch other people's lives in a mighty, mighty way. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. We thank you for blessing the people that have been hurting, our fellow brothers and sisters. We thank you for awakening the people that have been duped by the seven mountains and the people that are on the seven mountains. We pray, Father, for your mercy upon each of them, that you will awaken them. We have a feeling that we know how you're going to awaken them. Hallelujah. And um, we also pray for the victim of that. And we ask you, Father, have mercy upon him and that you would save his soul. Save his soul, Father God. We, you know, we're not going to pass any judgment because, because people who understand will never judge and people who judge will never understand. And Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus for each of these, that you will awaken them that you will touch them, that you will comfort their hearts, because there is going to be strife, there is going to be hatred, there is going to be wars. Oh, it's not going to be rumors of nothing. It's going to be real wars, and it is going to hit the lands of Babylon the Great probably worse than it has ever hit any part of the world ever. It's going to make the riots in France look like a bunch of upset people at a birthday party. Father God, the things that are going to happen in this country are going to be so horrible that words cannot capture them, and it's going to, much of it is going to be committed by those who call themselves followers of our Lord, loving, kind Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, we praise you and we pray for your forgiveness upon each of them, even now. Forgive them, Father God, in Jesus' name. Let, help them to awaken in whatever manner is necessary. And for those who, are, who persist in their unbelief, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, and all those who call out upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And Father, one more thing. We pray in the name of Jesus, as always, as the persistent widow, we're not going to stop bugging you, Father. We're not going to stop bugging you from now until the day of our impending departure. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Father, we come before you where two or more are gathered on this earth. Here we are. First, we ask you, Father, to rain down upon us an anointing of love for you that we have never felt in our entire lives. We pray, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you will rain down and pour out upon us an anointing of love for you, Lord Jesus, that you become our first love in every manner, in every way. We praise your name. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the many miracles. We thank you for the 1111s. We give you all the praise. We thank you for revealing to us. We thank you for revealing to us, Father God, what the 1111 means. We praise you, Father God. We thank you for showing them and encouraging us. You're so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Boy, I, th I think we would be blown away if we had even an inkling of an understanding of how many times you have gone to bat for us in front of the evil one in the courts of heaven, even when we didn't deserve it because we were feeling sorry for ourselves, which is so easy to do these days. We're all so burdened, Father God, with so many delays. To us, they appear like delays, but to others, it's mercy. <laughs> you could love, you could love people who, who essentially disregard you, or such a. I don't even want to think about it. It's just too sad for words. Pour out your love upon us, Father, and we ask you in the name of Jesus, where two or more are gathered on the earth. Father, in Jesus' name, we believe, and we're not going to stop asking. Please, Father, first, reveal to us anything that 
is within us, within our behaviors, within our thoughts. Any part of us that is outside of the harmony of your word, outside of the harmony of your holy will, reveal it to us, Father, please. And also, Father, purify us from it. In the name of Jesus, teach us to give you praise because we know that you're going to answer it right up to the point of where Abraham just about thrust the knife downward. Let us each be Abraham's. Let us each be Daniel's. Let us each be Joshua's. Let us each be strong enough, good courage. Let us not be dismayed. Let us understand that you are with us wherever we go. We praise your name. Our paths are made straight. Pour out your trust. For you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. Isaiah 26.3. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you for that verse, Father. And it's so awesome. I'm a living, walking testimony of that. I haven't really felt sorry for myself in so long I can't even think of it. That's an amazing... <laughs> is amazing. I am a feel-sorry-for-yourself person if there ever was one, aren't I, Father? Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. You are awesome! Hallelujah. I pray that you will anoint people and touch them in the name of Jesus as you have touched me. I have not arrived. I am holding on to the bumper for dear life, but I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will help each one of us to arrive at the place that we become that persistent widow that we raise up in the morning time. We raise our hands. We give you glory. We know that we're going to receive it, and we will. Father, we come before you as more than two, more than two on this earth, and we ask you, please, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, count us worthy to escape all these things that are about to come to pass. And stand right there before you, Lord Jesus, at the wedding supper. We know the table's set. You've told us through your servants, the prophets. You promised us through Amos 3.7. We know through the Stanley Fraudrin prophecy that the prophecies are all dorked up right now. We get it. We get it. We understand through the, through the testimony and um, how Satan stops our prayers combat in the heavenly realm. Father God, we praise you for help revealing to us that when people don't pray through, our, their angels get stopped and the, and the answer to their prayers get stolen away by the demons of darkness that, that manifest in, in power from on high that they can use against us. And, and come in the form of false testimonies, false visions, false dreams, false prophecies, and explain so much of the wrongful information that is out there right now. Father, it is so dangerous, and our fellow brothers and sisters do not understand. They do not know that they have to pray through. They do not understand they need to push through. They do not understand they need to get on their knees. They do not understand that they just can't walk around in whimsical, uh, you know, a ca- casual prayer throughout the day. They don't realize it, Father, and we pray in the name of Jesus, please, and if they have the gift of tongues, if they don't have it, Father, please place it upon their heart to seek it in Jesus' name. Place it upon their heart to seek it in Jesus' name and to toss aside any of their prejudices associated with those who may teach such things like Pastor Daniel Sweet and, uh, and, and others out there, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you will help them to receive it, that they will get on their knees, they will close the door, they will put on prayer music, they will seek you with tears rolling down their eyes. Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you will outpour that gift of speaking in tongues so, so many millions of people who have received it and do not understand the power that it yields. They do not understand 
understand the power that it yields. Books that have been written, a hundred reasons to speak in tongues that don't even touch upon the real reason for having it. They don't even understand. Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for that anointing upon each of us, and we pray that that anointing will overflow, that we can walk underneath. Open heavens in Jesus' name by praying through, by our prayers catching on fire, uh, by our angels being divinely protected from the darkness of the spiritual realm as they deliver our prayers, that they cannot be touched, hindered, or detained in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's right there in our Bible, Father God, in 1 Peter 3, 7. We thank you, Jesus. But many get lost in the context and think it only happens between husbands and wives when we're not getting along. But it has to do with our prayers being hindered at all times when we're not speaking in tongues. And they cannot be hindered when we are. Oh, Father God, thank you for all of these glorious, wonderful revelations that we might be able to leverage the mysteries of the Bible and the understanding of things that those who have come before us have never known and never learned. Many pastors, many teachers, many preachers, many uh, serial authors that have written many books that have traveled, been on television shows, and they still don't even understand. Oh, Father, we praise your holy name because the understanding that you have blessed us with is so mighty, so powerful. And we have no excuse. We have no excuse, Father God. We've got to continue to praise. We've got to recognize that when we are feeling bummed out, when we are feeling alone, when we are feeling oppressed, that we need to turn on that praise music. We need to lift our hands and we need to praise you at the top of our lungs that it will scatter the demons of darkness in every which direction. That fire, fuego, will fall upon them and explode like cluster bombs all around. And they will scatter in every direction in the mighty name of Jesus. And they cannot touch us. Hallelujah. Because we are blessed by God. God. We walk in you. We walk in you. We walk in you. Let us always walk in the trust of our Father and let us always pray. Let us always pray. Oh, I remember where I tucked it away. I remember where I tucked it away. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I tucked away a couple of uh, prayers that I wanted. I'm sorry, a couple of verses. Okay, cool. This is awesome. This is awesome. Praise God. Okay, so it's First Thessalonians 5.16. So I want to snatch this. I put it in an email and emailed it to myself. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let me go ahead and kick this one up uh, quite a bit. There we go. Thank you, Lord. Rejoice. This is so important. Check this out. Can you imagine this? <laughs> this is a tall order right here. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. If I may, let me lean on that word. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I challenge you to do that. I challenge myself to do that. That's awesome. Rejoice always. I've read it a, baz a bazillion times, but this one here I want to commit to memory, so I'm going to make a little card. Matter of fact, 
matter of fact, I'm going to get myself out a little card right now. I'm not going to write it down while we're on the prayer vigil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I won't do that. But I'm going to put out a little card as a reminder. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I can never have enough cards. Before you know it, I'll have so many cards, I'll need a wheelbarrow to carry them all around with me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. First Thessalonians 5, 16. So powerful. So powerful. First Thess 5, 16. All right, I'm going to put that right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That'll remind me for sure. <laughs> Praise God. Right there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. We give you all the praise and honor. That's just awesome. Also, I wanted to share with you tonight, before we continue onward, real quick. Hold on a second. Okay, there we go. Oh, goodness gracious sakes alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Okay, hold on just a second. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. The Golden JIB studios are very full of stuff, things. I'm not going to get into it, but anyway, we praise you, Lord. So this is Oswald Chambers. I did not know this, but you can actually go out on the Internet. It's O-S-W-A-L-D. O-S-W-A-L-D. Chambers. C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S. Just like you, just like it sounds. Oswald Chambers. And you can – what you want to do is – I don't care what browser – Type in Oswald Chambers Daily Devotional. Okay? You could add the word email if you wanted to, but you'll find it. Oswald Chambers. Listen to this. This is great. He's written several books. But listen to this. This is, I think this is just awesome. Praise God. The Discipline of Spiritual Perseverance. The Discipline of, that's the title, the di, of this particular devotional. The Discipline of Spiritual Perseverance. This really woke me up. Well, I should say it expanded my understanding of that which I didn't fully understand. And I was like, wow, that's why I always, always love the reason why, one of the biggest reasons why I love so much to read the works of God's lieutenants and generals, the ones that have served him so, so magnanimously, like Smith Wigglesworth, A.A. A. Allen, Lester Summerall, the list goes on, Oswald Chambers, Leonard Ravenhill. The reason why I love so dearly to be able to read their books, read their, uh, you know, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, you know, and, and to, I, you know, I wish that I could get a devotion. I got to find out if there's a daily devotional. I'm going to look right now, as a matter of fact. I am. Hold on a second. Uh, Charles. Oh, wow. Okay, well, look at there. Charles Spurgeon. Okay. Evening, morning, browse devotionals. Come on. You got to have an email thing, don't you? Come on. Please have an email. I want an email. Okay. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, hallelujah. Da the Daily Devotional of Charles Spurgeon, taken from the morning and evening. It's got Truth for Life. Hold on. It's got one. It's called uh, info.truthforlifeoneword.org forward slash lists. Okay, hold on a second. The only thing is, I, what I don't know, 
Okay. So, oh, Spurgeon Daily. There it is. It's the second checkbox down. Okay. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and put my name in here. I want it to go to my ministry account, not my work account. Da, da, da. Praise you, Lord. Johnny Baptist. And the email is J-B-A-P. There it is. Awesome. I love that. Praise God. Oh, they've got other they've got other ones too. I just wanted the one from Spurgeon. I've got Oswald Chambers, Spurgeon, um, other ones too. I love them. I love them. Here's why. The reason why these are so un- wonderful is, isn't it awesome? Okay, many will not understand this, and I'm sorry, but many will understand it, and then I'm not sorry. Okay, so for those who do understand this, when I to give you an uh, is it an analogy? I'll give you an example. We'll just say it's kind of like an analogy. When I was in high school, I discovered it. It became relatively well known, actually, that um, the kids in Japan that were in the same grade as us were using scientific calculators, and we were not happy about that. In fact, we raised very vociferous concerns to our teacher. Why can the kids in Japan use scientific calculators? Oh, be quiet. I'll give you partial credit. You need to show me how you figured it out with your pencil. Okay, now, why is that important to to even evaluate that? Well, the Japanese recognized that if you're going to have a scientific calculator for the rest of your life, then what value is it to spend years learning mathematics with a pencil? So basically, you, when you're solving a complex quadratic equation or something in algebra, and, and you know, and yeah, sure, they want to make sure that t- teacher wants to make sure that you know the order of operations, and they want to be able to show you where you made your error. I get all that, okay, and that's good. That's good. There should be at least fundamentally, I would say, in algebra for sure, um, a lot of that writing in the margins so the teacher can show you where you goofed. Okay, that's a good thing. Amen. But there comes a point. When you know that a scientific calculator is not going away, that there's, there's this concept, this is a statistical concept known as the diminishing point of returns. It's known as the diminishing point of returns. So what happens is when you, if you were to make a graph, it would be like somebody going up a hill really slowly, and they would get to the top of the hill, and the hill would round off, and then it would start to go back down again. At the very tippity top of that hill, that's where you've gotten your maximum benefit from doing whatever it was you were doing. But after that, there's a diminishing point of returns. You no longer get a return on it. It's the time that you need to sell the stock. Stocks are, stocks are wacky and crazy. I don't like them. Um, bad example, probably. But, but my point is that when you understand that, you realize that it, after you have your basics down really well, then it's time to grab the scientific calculator because you can, you can get all that stuff that takes so much time, like solving for X in a quadratic equation or solving for Q or whatever it is. Okay, the thing about it is, here's why, because you can cut out, let's say that it takes 15 minutes to solve that equation by hand. 
Well, with a scientific calculator, if you know what you're doing, you can, you can solve the entire equation in, uh, what, 20 seconds? And then you can go on to the next equation and the next equation and the next equation. So you're, you're like, you know, if you were going to talk about space travel, you're on the other side of the Milky Way galaxy and the rest of them are just fueling up their rockets. You get it? That's why I like to read Smith Wigglesworth. That's why I like to read, you know, uh, Stanley Frodsham, uh, you know, all of these uh, lieutenants and generals and, and Oswald Chambers and Charles Spurgeon and all of them. The, the reason is it's so important because they've already become the scientific calculator. They've already experienced all the things that they experienced. I learned more. I learned amazing things. I had people that had been in church that are 20 years older than me telling me, oh, Johnny, God will do this. God will do that. You're not this and you're not that and blah, 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 blah. And they were so positive. They knew what they were talking about. Boy, they spoke with great authority. And they were wrong. They were very, very wrong. But I didn't know it until I read the the, uh, biography of Lester Sumrall. I'm not going to get into that, but I'm just saying that's one of probably quadrillions of examples of Christians thinking they know things, but they don't. And they go out and speak with great authority, and they tell people, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Uh, a, a generation is 80 years. Really? Well, then look at First Peter 2.9. It says, you are a chosen generation. Well, that was penned by the Holy Spirit in 300 A.D. And in 300 A.D., if you're a chosen generation and it applies to us today, then a generation is not 80 years. For God, crying out loud, why can't people read their entire Bible? They don't do it. They don't do it. They don't apply the scripture. They don't take the, it's full gospel. Read the whole thing. Understand that it is eternal. Like Chuck Misler said, it's an extraterrestrial. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And when we understand those things, we understand that there are scriptures in the Bible that are talking about times that were before the earth has even been created. There are times in the Bible that it's talking about things that haven't come to pass and probably won't for, uh, you know, an untold number of quadrillions of years. Eternity is a very long time the bible spans all of eternity i was sitting there i was wrangling not not wasn't an argument wasn't a debate wasn't a dissension wasn't a contention uh, uh, you know uh, galatians five nineteen. none of that stuff it was a friendly discussion see a lot of christians don't like friendly discussions how dare you disagree with them they're an authority you see i, I just can't deal with that um and i've learned the lord has helped me it's only taken me years Thank you, Jesus, to not say nothing. When I'm around, when I know that I'm around a Christian that is one of those people that believes that they're hearing from God and that they have figured something special out, you just got to let them believe it. It's okay. Let them go ahead and believe it. Don't say nothing. It's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to help. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. A man convinced against his will. And if a person says they heard it from God game over. It doesn't matter how wrong it was. It doesn't matter how many scriptures you lay in front of them. If they believe they heard it from God, the conversation has ended. That's just how it works. That's why I love to memorize little sayings like in Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. What that means is you show them all the scriptures and they nod their head yes and they walk away and they still think that they heard from God something different. And maybe it was special just for them, you see. Even though the Bible says we are all part of the body and that none of us own anything, 
that we're part of the body. We're one in Christ. But people walk around and go, well, the Lord hasn't released me to say anything about that yet. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Then I guess you're not part of the body. I don't understand these things. I go, the word of God comes first. First and foremost is the word of God. But here's the problem. A lot of us think that we're understanding the word of God when we're reading it, but we're not. A lot of us think that when we're, um, I, like the, I like the words of Terry Hill, how she says that the, that the Lord has impressed upon me. Okay, but at the same time, we all see through the mirror dimly. We all prophesy in part, including the prophets that, are, that prophesy every single day. None of us are perfect. None of us understand everything perfectly. There, there are scriptures that I wrongfully understood 10, 12 years ago. I completely did not understand them. I had people fight with me, argue with me about scriptures. I knew in my heart that you could not shoot somebody and go to heaven. I knew in my heart. I knew it was wrong. I, knew, I, could, I saw cartoons on the Internet of Jesus holding a machine gun, and it used to grieve me. It used to deeply, deeply grieve me. Yet there are still pastors out there telling everybody, I have a right to use my Second Amendment right. You know, that's my Second Amendment right. I'm like, well, uh, well, guess what? You also have a right to be sodomized, too. You also have a right to change sex if you want to. Are you going to do that, too? And, you know, and, and it's, they don't even understand that they're misinterpreting the Bible. When Jesus said, they, they say things like, oh, well, you know, they went and found two swords. They had to sell their backpack and find swords, and they came, you know, and, and that proves that the, that the apostles had swords. No, it does not. It proves that they did not have swords. Jesus wouldn't have sold them to sell the backpacks and come and bring two swords. If, if they had them, would he? If they had them already, why would he have said that to them? He didn't say that to them. He said it so that the scripture may be fulfilled. It actually says there in Luke where that scripture is. Okay, um, it says right there. Uh, that the scripture may be fulfilled. Okay, um, sell your backpacks uh, and get swords. Bible. I don't have the. Uh, okay, Luke twenty two thirty six. Okay, in Luke twenty two thirty six, it's right there. By the way, it's right there. Um, it's in the scripture, but nobody reads it. The, the pastors that teach on this, that there are prophets that have done YouTube videos on this and told people it was okay because they misinterpreted the scripture. Of course, everybody's hearing from God, though. You see, everybody's hearing from the Holy Spirit, but nobody agrees. There's thirty three thousand different denominations in the world right now, but everybody disagrees. But we're all hearing from the Holy Spirit, aren't we? That's one of the things you'll never hear me say. I will never say, the Holy Spirit told me this. The Holy Spirit told me that. Because I don't want to blame the Holy Spirit for my ignorance. I will share my testimony. I will tell people what happened. But I'm there are three things influencing each of our walks. Us and how we think. That's why we have to cleanse our minds, renew our minds. That renewing of the mind is probably a combination of our own effort and a combination of the help from the Lord in purification. If we pray about it and if we praise God for the answer before we receive it. And if we continuously pray for it, like the persistent widow in Luke 18, but so few do. They give up. 
I, I forget. I have a I have a, uh, a witticism where it says, if if only you Christian would understand that right at the point that you stop praying for something is the, is moments before you would have received the answer to the prayer. And I was like, whoa. But it says, then he said to them, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and go buy one. For I, this is Jesus speaking, for I say to you that this which is written. Now, listen, listen to what Jesus is saying. This is what nobody else, nobody listens to this. There are entire ministries. There are churches out there with people packing guns. They're holding, they, they have live weapons. In their, inside their suits and stuff, they're carrying weapons. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to start blowing a whistle on people. That's not my job. I'm just letting you know that that's the way that it actually is. You don't, now, now, reflect back on Psalm 60, 66, verse 18. If I have iniquity in my heart, what is iniquity? Iniquity is the belief that you can kill somebody. A sin is when you pull the trigger. Iniquity is the belief that you can kill somebody and carry a gun. A sin is the point in time that you pull the trigger. That's a sin. Iniquity is the underlying filth in your heart that needs to be purged out. So right here it says, now I prayed about this because I didn't see it at first either. I didn't understand. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I prayed a long time. I prayed weeks, months, months. I had arguments, people arguing with me. I had to cut the mic on a particular guest. I'm not going to mention his name, but I had to cut the mic on the individual because he started going out and telling everybody, you got to buy guns. You got to start killing everybody. You got to buy an arsenal. Go buy as many weapons. I'm like, bink, hit his mic. End of the show. I cut the music, end of the show. And I took a lot of grief for that. And you know what? I don't regret a word of it because no one's going to use this microphone to send other people to hell. Period. Ever. Thank you, Jesus. It's one thing to disagree on things that, are irrele- that aren't, aren't relevant to a person making it in heaven. And you know what? Life in the universe, that isn't relevant to people making it in heaven. Believing that uh, angels might use um, uh, you know, uh, technologies, even though the Bible reveals it, even though that Gary Stearman uh, testified to it, and I have the testimony live, I can play it. Gary Stearman, who was in you know, Prophecy in the News and worked with him for a long, long time, um, I have all these testimonies. Okay, I get it. I understand that we're in a hologram. I understand that we're in a containment zone. I understand exactly why Jesus, why our Heavenly Father said, can you loose the belt of Orion? Can you guide the sons of Arcturus? Who are the sons of Arcturus, and why aren't they in heaven? Well, who are they? And why are they called sons? Nobody ever asks those questions. They're fine just accepting whatever they're told while they're sitting there pumping a the collection plate. I am not, and I never will be. I thank you, Jesus, for all the awesomeness that you are. Okay, but anyway, it says right here, but you've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention to the details, the details, the details are so important. But now, this is Jesus speaking. Then he, Jesus, said to them, but now, he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise a knapsack, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. That's what it says. And by the way, when you copy that, and he was numbered with the transgressors. You jump over here. I know I'm preaching right now, and I, I just love the Bible so much, and I'm going to get back into the privilege. Oh, I promise, I promise, I promise. Just this one thing. Just let me finish this one thing. Okay. Uh, and he was numbered with the transgressors. Okay, now what i got to do is i got to stop, and i got to put in Isaiah. 
In Isaiah 53, verse 12, it says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he, Jesus, was numbered with the transgressors. Now, remember when Jesus got on the donkey and he rode it in, uh, you know, on, on what we call Palm Sunday, remember, into Jerusalem? Remember when you read that scripture, it says that the scripture may be fulfilled. It even tells you that Jesus got on the donkey for a reason. He got on it so the scriptures can be fulfilled. Okay, he fulfilled the scripture by getting on the donkey and running it into Jerusalem. Now then... What's happening here in uh, Luke 12, verse 38? It says, Jesus says, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. He who has a knapsack, uh, uh, or, and, he has, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and go buy one. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And then he even tells you what it was. And he was numbered amongst the transgressors. For the things concerning me have an end. Where, what was Jesus doing? He was quoting Isaiah 53, verse 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. It's right there in Isaiah 53, 12. He was simply doing the same thing he did with the donkey with the swords. Two men, two of them, they ran up to Jesus and they said, here, Lord, here's two swords. There was 13 of them. And Jesus said, that is enough. Now, let me ask you a question. Since when are two swords enough to defend 13 people? What were they all, Bruce Lee? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Boy, I, the spirit of Jesus and Leonard Ravenhill came over me just now. I'm joking. I'm praising you. Thank you, Father God. So, Father, we pray that you will count us worthy to escape all these things that are about to come, a path, to, come to pass. And stand before you at the wedding supper. Reveal to us anything in us that needs correction. Help us to walk in perfect harmony with your will to constantly commun- uh, confess of our sins, for there is life and death in the power, 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 power of the tongue. First uh, Peter, uh, I'm sorry, for, uh, for, for, Second Timothy one seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, power. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. In the name of Jesus. Luke 10, verse 19, it had nothing to do with Pentecost. It had nothing to do with Jesus dying on the cross. It had to do everything to do with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke 10, verse 19, long before the cross, he says to the 70, he sends them out two by two, and, and, and they come back, and they're just absolutely blown away. Even the demons respond to your name, and Jesus said, Behold, I give you power. I, you know, I, I, I give you authority to trample on turpins and scorpions and over, all, and, and, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then you got Mark 16, 16, 17, and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. He will, you know, he, um, and, and hold on a second. Let me pull that one up real quick. Wait a minute. Where's my thing here? And these signs will follow those who believe. I don't want to butcher it. And I don't know why I'm having There we go. Thank you, Jesus. And these signs will follow those, Mark 16, 16. Doing all these from, from memory gets uh, challenging after a while if you don't keep refreshing. He, he, uh, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. Okay. Now, no. Notice that it says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. But it doesn't say he who has not been baptized will be condemned. It does not say that. So that's why, you know, uh, people who are on death row can 
repent. Okay, and that's also why in the church first first Corinthians letter, Paul was like, you know, you guys are baptizing the dead. Okay, that's he didn't admonish him for it. He just said, you know, there's other things you need to tend to. All right, but it, then it says, he who believes, uh, and then, then it goes on to say, and these signs will follow those who believe, starting with verse 17. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name. So what happened in, in Luke 10? There you go. In my name, they casted out demons. They will speak with new tongues. All right. Uh, in, in verse 18, they will take up serpents. And if they drink no, it, it, serpents, what do you think this means? Do you know that there's a church that, where they actually go out and they get snakes, deadly snakes, and they actually bring the snakes into their building? Folks, we really are sheep. I mean, I think we're a little bit dumber than sheep, quite frankly. I've seen videos of sheep doing sheepy, dumb things, and I don't think they're nearly as dumb as what most humans do. I think sheep are basically rocket scientists compared to most of the people in the United States, for sure. I mean, when I look at the demographic charts on the breakdown on who's who in the zoo in the United States, it's frightening. The early, uh, the the latter, the latter uh, part of uh, Generation X, the Generation Z, I think they're calling Generation A now. Is that it? When you look at those, the demographics, the breakdown, oh my, it's absolutely horrifying. It's horrifying and then you add what two million immigrants all going i'm going to vote for biden because he saved me and my family look you know what i my heart bleeds for the people that are running from but you know who created venezuela the way that it is right now the united states did it we were the ones when hugo chavez came forward and told the entire world that george w bush was diablo he was correct when he told the entire world that cia were hiding in the forest outside of his palace to kill him he was correct that is exactly how we operate we built up venezuela we went to take their oil and all of their riches and then we destroyed them and then guess what we end up opening our borders and there are moms with children that are hungry and who made them hungry in the first place? We did. But it also opened up the borders for Chinese soldiers and everything else under the sun. There was just a report on the news uh, just a couple of hours ago. A Home Depot was calling the police saying they had hundreds of immigrants tearing the Home Depot apart. And the police had to scramble. I heard the 911 call. Anyway, so... Did you think they're actually taking up servants in the scripture? No, they're not. This is just Jesus referred to the reptilians as serpents and scorpions. He could see them. He knew about the tares. He knew. See, when Jesus was talking about the tares, he was telling you that they grow up. See, farmers are, they panic over tares. They're real. Tares are real. They do look like wheat. They grow up in the wheat. But if they get tares in their wheat fields, they're doomed. Their entire harvest can be ruined. They have got to make sure that no tares get in their wheat field or it's game over for them, man. They are not eating. Oh, and, and if you want to, you can lift up um, – I forget the name of that guy, the uh, Amish guy that's getting um, attacked. Hold on a second. Amish um, store, Lancaster um, court. Oh, no. Hold on a second. Okay, these are all ads. Where is it? What is the name of that one? Oh, come on. 
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Amos Miller. Here we go. Praise God. You got to get past all of the advertisements first, and then you get the the meat. It, you know, it's like when you make when you make cheese. You know, when you pull cheese out of the refrigerator, a lot of people go like, "Oh my gosh, there's mold on my cheese!" And then they throw this giant two pound block of cheese out. And I'm thinking to myself, "What? No, no, don't throw that cheese out." Most people don't realize that cheese grows in mold. In order to get cheese, you have to cut the mold off the cheese. That's how it gets marketed. That's cheese. That's how it's made. So when you get mold on a block of cheddar cheese, you just cut it off. Okay, get yourself a clean bag, a clean Ziploc or whatever, and you put it back in the refrigerator. Now, if you let too much mold get on it, the whole thing's going to taste like mold. But anyway, that's beside the point. This guy, Amos Miller. Wow. Wait a minute. Oh, wow. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amos Miller exits federal court in 2023 as the third time is a charm. Um, But anyway, he's going back to court. So if you want to lift him up, that's happening right now. As far as I know, I don't know exactly what date, but he's going back to court to find out what happens to him. I find that absolutely reprehensible. The lake of fire was made for people such as that. It was made for people such as that. It was made for people like Obama and... Well, we could just drop all kinds. The Antichrist, of course the Antichrist. Of course this false prophet. There was one very well-known person in in the faith who was talking about how lightning hit this particular Catholic saint statue, and it blew the holy, you know, the little round circle that they put behind their heads to indicate that they're holy. It blew it off of them. So he was indicating that, oh, wow, that's a sign from the Lord that the Vatican is evil. And I'm thinking to myself, Dude, where have you been for the last 50 years? Where, you know, it's like everybody knows that the Vatican is evil. You know, but, uh, you know, okay, it's, you know, but we're all at different exits on the highway. And we just got to love one another, praise God, thank you, Jesus, and pray for one another, especially the people on the seven mountains, because they're misleading so many people. But no, when Jesus says serpents and scorpions, he can see through them. He can see what they really are. He can see that they manipulated time space. He can see that they shapeshifted. When you read the scripture that's about the Jews that are not Jews, oh my, I'm running out of time again. See, I'm doing it again. Once I get into this, I can't stop. But look up uh, in Revelation, um, and I'll see if I can find it for you. I sent all this over to Stephen Ben Noon. I had somebody question me, do you really think that there's alien invasions in the Bible? I did an entire radio show with Stephen Ben Noon, who is a Hebrew rabbi and an expert at Hebrew, and he did an entire program himself. Uh, you know, is there alien invasions in the Hebrew text? And um, he did it by himself, and then I brought him on to the radio show, uh, and um, uh, he, uh, I need to play it again need to play it again because he knows he knows and we share information back and forth all the time and um and so anyway there's a lot of true jews coming forward and ratting out that's the best i can think of best word or phrase i can but they're ratting them out they're whistleblowing against netanyahu they're whistleblowing against the behaviors of the idf they're whistleblowing against the behaviors of what's going on in gaza the real jews are in tears the real Jews are in tears. They're the ones that are protesting to have Netanyahu removed. He's a Khazar. Eighty percent of those who refer to themselves as Jews are from the Khazarians. They're not, they're not Jews. And if you read that in your Holy Bible, 
Um, I sent this to uh, Brother Stephen. Here it is, Revelation 2, verse 8. Now, I knew, I knew that he knew this, but I wa- wanted to refresh his memory just in case, you know, because so, sometimes I send him stuff and he's actually live on the air. <laughs> I suspect he probably reads it, too, uh, to his uh, listeners. But anyway, Revelation 2, verses 8 through 10. Listen to this. These things I say, Jesus, he says. These things, um, these things says the first and the last. Who's that? Jesus. Who was dead and came to life. Who's that? Jesus. I know your works, tribulation, poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. George Soros, Vladimir Zelensky, Alex Soros. Oh, my gosh, the list is so enormous. And obviously Netanyahu and who knows how many others. And the estimation is that 80 percent from uh, Walter Veith, Dr. Walter Veith, he does a teaching on the Khazarian uh, history. And his estimation is that 80 percent of the world's Jews are actually Khazars who are not Semitic. They are of the synagogue of Satan. And how do we know this? Because there's a nine-foot Draco reptilian known as Hillary Clinton, who's part of the, you know, the, the Rodham family, who's been Satanist for like hundreds of years. We're talking about blue bloods. These are from the land of Canaan. This is some seriously dark stuff here. And they're saying, bomb them, bomb them. When, 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 look, when you've got Satan's own top generals, yelling for Netanyahu to slaughter everybody in Gaza, guess what? All you got to do is put Satan's head on her. Put Satan's head on Hillary Clinton's shoulders. And now let Satan point over to, to Israel and say, kill everybody in Gaza! Kill everybody in Gaza! Because that's what you're seeing. It's a dead giveaway. We are very, very blessed to see what we see. Very, very blessed. So I I shared all this real quick uh, with uh, Brother Stephen, and Stephen was like, oh, yes. He goes, um, he he said, I haven't listened to Walder in years, but he is a very good teacher. I have always liked him. I actually used to use his teachings and share clips of of his work years ago, uh, which, uh, which, uh, uh, you know, when he brings um, out how the Catholic Church was one of their um, uh, nuns to marry, used one of their nuns to actually marry. Mary Muhammad. Okay, that's what Stephen Ben Noon said. The Catholic Church created Islam. People don't even realize this. The Catholic Church created Islam. Talk about the synagogue of Satan. Wow. So anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for answering these prayers. We thank you for revealing these things to the hearts of babes. We thank you, Father God, for revealing your incredible mysteries to us, for expanding our hearts and our minds that we can receive it. Maybe we don't hear everything perfectly, but, and yes, and and help us to acknowledge and remember that our hearts and our minds are predominant. It's not about the devil made me do it. It's about maybe you weren't right with the Lord. It's not about, you know, we got to learn to row the boat away from the shore when the storm hits and not flop around like a jellyfish until we go smashing into the rocks. 
praise God for all of the things that he has done for us. We may not have, there's always going to be a margin of error. There's always going to be a margin of error for all of us. Some margin of error. But for a lot of people who try to crunch God down into a 12-ounce Coke can, into their own little understanding of what they think they understand in the Scripture, look at all the people, all the believers that think it's okay to kill people, that are okay with a cartoon with Jesus holding a machine gun. Can you believe that? I can't. That goes, that fries my mind so bad, I I just, I need medication. (laughs) Serious, I can't believe it. But I knew it. I didn't know why for years. But I got on my knees and I sought God in tears. It's fervent prayer, fervent, heartfelt, tear-filled prayers. Even Jonah, when he was trapped in the belly of the whale, cried out to God. And that's when God answered him. You know, if Jonah had hung out in the belly of the whale and said, Father, uh, enough is enough, man. Enough is enough. Lord, Father, God, hey, 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 get me out of here. Get me out of here. Enough is enough. Think God would have got him out? I don't think so. I don't think so. King Hezekiah, God told him, you're dead. I'm taking you out. Time to go. Then in 2 Kings 20, verse 5, our Heavenly Father says to Hezekiah, I have seen your tears, and I will answer you. You know, I I told somebody, um, I won't say who, but somebody that I was ministering to that was going through a lot of hard stuff, I said, how fervently do you pray? And they're like, you know, they were befuddled. They were blown away. They didn't even know how to answer the question. And and their answer to me was, I can't fake cry. I cannot fake cry. Well, God can choose not to answer you too. And he will. That's what he'll choose. You, it, you will seek if you seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. The reason why I'm convinced that David Doetry's vision of that large, other than the fact that there's a copper sphere Death Star um, sculptures all over the world now, which is a form of worship, it's an idol of worship. It's the same thing David Doetry saw in his vision that John Ting at Five Doves published that I found by a miracle of the Lord, uh, you know, at at Five Doves. Actually, I think I might have found it on uh, Stan Deo's website, Stan and Holly Deo's. Praise God, I haven't heard from them in a while. But anyway, um, uh, think about this. This is amazing. See, David Now, I don't know if it was 10 years. I don't know if it was 10 years. But as I recall, it was something to the tune of 10 years. It was a long, long time. Many, 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 many years. David cried before God. David sought God with all of his heart for years. And all of a sudden, bam! 
he gets this vivid vision, and he's standing outside of his – there's a lot more that he saw. But he saw this huge spherical copper spaceship in the sky. And believe it or not, I don't know which one. We've had uh, Pastor Augusto Perez on this program probably about four times. Pastor Augusto Perez and I used to talk all the time on the phone. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay? I mean, a lot for hours. Okay? Um, Now, Trump – anyway, so I'm not going to get into all that detail, but Pastor Augusto Perez saw that same thing. God gave him a vision, and he saw a giant, round, spherical, alien Death Star spaceship in the sky. And he said there were many different types of aliens flying around it. So there's a confirmation of the David Doetry vision. And David Doetry, now watch out for time and visions and dreams. T- visions and people that get visions from God, dreams from God, and prophesy from God. There's a unspeakably, actually, it's an unfathomable. It's unfathomable. Okay? There is such a difference. When a person is in the presence of the Lord, they are getting information you know, whether you're in heaven or you're on earth, it doesn't matter. Because when you're communicating with a, with a time space that is outside of the realm of ours in this containment zone, in this prison that we're in, in this quantum mechanics hologram, like, like, uh, like uh, uh, Einstein said, we are in a hologram, albeit a very convincing one. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Okay, so, and it's true. He nailed it. And there's, there's David Doetry doing the same thing as King Hezekiah for years and years and years praying. And he showed him a spherical spaceship and said about three weeks afterwards, the rapture would occur. The people would be freaking out in their houses, crying, uh, riots, mayhem, chaos all across the world. See, I question whether or not the time of three weeks is accurate because almost every single person over the last 13 years that I've tracked, actually over the last 20 or more years that I've tracked, that said that the Lord told them it's going to be next week, it's going to be next fall, it's going to be at Christmas, it's going to be – they were always exceedingly wrong, unquantifiably wrong. So I always tell people, take the time element out of the vision or the prophecy or the dream. If they say two weeks, take it out. The Randy Hecker vision is incredible. The Randy Hecker vision is awesome. I believe it's directly from the Lord. But the time, you've got to take the time part of it out. Because he did what all humans do. He was human. If God didn't use imperfect people, he wouldn't use anybody at all. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we thank you so, so much for this opportunity to share in great excitement. It's great. It's exciting to me. It's motivational to me. I love to talk about your word. I love to share it with other people. I love you, Father. I love you, Father. I thank you, Father. I praise you, Father. I thank you for the gazillions of times that you have smacked me over the head and redirected my course. Uh, Just like uh, Pastor Andrew Womack Womack says all the time, you know, you know, we can make a wrong turn, but God can redirect our GPS. Hallelujah. And that is the truth. Thank you, Father, for redirecting my GPS like a gazillion times. I have no idea. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for redirecting all of our GPSs. 
Thank you, Father God, for, direct, for identifying the traffic jams that are on those maps in our head and redirecting our GPS. Thank you, Father, for helping us to walk in total harmony with your will. Thank you, Father, for, for allowing us to be able to, through your mercy and your awesomeness, Jesus, and love, to count us all worthy, to escape all these things that are about to come to pass and stand before you at the wedding supper. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so awesome. We praise your holy name forever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Tonight is February, February, Friday, February the 23rd of 2024. And the time now is 8.57 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. Hallelujah. And together, if we so desire, we can light the Sabbath candles or the Shabbat candles, if you would prefer. Um, I am not a follower of the Sabbath. You can do that if you want to. Some people like to do it right with the real Jews, and uh, start at sunset on um, <clears throat> Friday night, and then go to you know sunset the next day, and spend all that time resting in the Lord, and reading the scripture, and talking to the Lord, and praising the Lord, and dedicate that time to the Lord. Now, I personally, now Romans 14 releases us from those things. Romans 14 makes it clear that we can pick whatever day we want to. We can eat whatever food that we wish to under the freedom of the, of the grace of God and the Lord Jesus. All right, that's a wonderful, wonderful blessing. That's really the gist and the whole purpose of Romans 14. Okay, that is to help us to understand that we are no longer under those rules. Now, but if we want to, what a blessing to God, right? If we, there, I, my daughter bought me, I'm just letting you know that this exists, and I don't know what the name is, and I don't want to turn my head away from the mic to go hunt for it, because it's on a messed up bookshelf. I used to know where everything was, but I'm not going to get into it. Um, a bad thing happened, and I had to rearrange things, and they never got put back exactly where they were. Now I don't know where anything is. But anyway, it, it's a book that my daughter bought for me, and it was like, it was like how a Christian can celebrate the feasts of the Lord. Because they're the feasts of the Lord. Okay, we're not going to sit down and eat like a piece of bitters or not, you know, and, and put it on a plate and do a cedar like the Jews, you know, Christian. No. But there was a book, and, and you know, the unfortunate part about it is a really cool book, but I never got to finish reading it. But in fact, I never got to start even reading it. I have hundreds of books that are queued up, and I, I don't have any time. Do, do any of us have any time? Who has any time? I, you know what? With the time that I have, I want to praise God. With the time that I have, I want to raise my hands. With the time that I have, I want to lay in my bed with my hands raised up to the Lord, speak in tongues, and have tears roll down my eyes, being in the unbelievable, awesome anointing of the presence of Jesus and the peace that passes all understanding. Because let me tell you something, folks. If you don't praise so fervently that the praise, the energy of the praise and the presence of the Holy Spirit overcomes you, if you don't fill yourself and your heart with praise like that where you are so immersed so immersed in the presence of the Holy Spirit, so immersed in the presence of Jesus, so immersed in the presence of our Father and the Godhead, as, which you are a part of by the presence of Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit in you, when you become a part of that in fervent praise and totally immersed in that the world disappears let the world go away I love that song. Keep, you know, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth 
will go strangely dim. And they will. And there's power in praise. Your entire house will be clean. The demons will scatter and run for their life. The holy fire of God will fill your entire dwelling place. And there won't be a worry. Won't be a worry that can bother you. Because you will trust in the Lord. And he will keep you in perfect peace. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Bore perihagafen. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yavahu v'ratzon Inchilanu Zikaron lemase vereshit. Ki hu yom techila lemikra e kodesh. Zechelitiat mitraim. Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabat kodshecha, beava uvratzon, himchaltanu. Baruch Adonai Mekadesh HaShabbat. Praise you, Lord. Again, holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our hearts, our minds, our spirit, our flesh our soul, and our tongues with your precious blood and your holy fire. Purge us with your hyssop. Make us whiter than snow. Create in us a clean heart, O Lord. We thank you, Father. For you alone are worthy. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. All right. I was a little concerned there because my uh, <clears throat> my notes my show notes for the prayer vigil mysteriously locked up on my computer. I just, I need that like I need a hole in my head. I got enough holes in my head. Believe me. <laughs> if I keep on losing my hair at the rate that I am right now, I'm just, I'm going to be just like Elijah. 
<laughs> well, at least as far as how my hair is. But I pray in the name of Jesus that if I look like Elijah, that, Father, please, if somebody calls me baldy, baldy, don't send any lions or bears after them in Jesus' name. Just let it happen. Thank you, Lord. All right. All right. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. I like how that separates it out. Worship versus prayer. Worship versus prayer. You know what the difference between worship and praise is? Well, I don't know if I have this down perfectly, but but I believe worship is when you just worship him for how awesome he is. And praise is more geared toward praising him for answering a prayer. There's a connection between... Worship has no connection to anything else. It's just you being awed. It's like standing in the presence of Jesus and going, you're awesome. Oh, I love you. I love you. You are awesome. You are so awesome. I love you. I love you, God. Oh, Father, wow. That's worship. Isn't this awesome? How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I have planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Slander will you find upon 
have to do something really dumb before I do the right thing. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's like my thing. <clears throat> so one of the mistakes that I made was I went out on the internet looking for holy oil. And there are shysters that are pretending like they're Christians and they sell you special holy oil that they bless and it's going to cause all kinds of miracles to happen in your life. And that's totally satanic. You don't want to buy that. It's probably cursed by witches and all kinds of creepy stuff. That's why if you do want to get holy oil, again, only place I will buy it from, and she's been on the radio show a couple of years ago, and I pray for her all the time. Her name is Lindy Pierce, and her website is Line of Judah Oil. Okay, that's what it stands for. But it's actually all it's it's all abbreviated. So it's L O J Line of Judah L O J O I L 
L-O-J-O-I-L. Okay? So if you want to buy holy oil, that's where I highly, highly, highly recommend that you go. L-O-J-O-I-L. I want to make sure it's still there. Uh-oh. One last second. Land of Judah oil. Hold on a second. This is where I... Oh, there it is. No. I don't know why it didn't come up. Hold on. Nope, it's there. Praise God. Um, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Evidently, she lives in Kentucky. I didn't know that. So anyway... um, Lion of Judah, L-O-J-O-I-L dot com. Okay? Um, and um, you have to pick out a bottle. That's the only thing that's a little awkward about it is you got to pretend like you're going there to buy a bottle, a decanter for oil, and then it'll say, you know, there'll be a link for bottles, and you click on the link for bottles, and then you pick out a bottle. After you pick out the bottle, then there's another little drop-down window, and you can pick the scent. Now, I'll tell you personally, most of the scents are kind of girly. So if you're a girl, you'll like it. Now, I have one here called the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if I put that on me right now, which I have, (laughs) I want to smell pretty girly (laughs) for a while. Okay. Now, there's one that I got that I really, really love, and it's called The Secret Place. And it is like almost like a blend of some kind of vanilla or something. I don't know. But I love it. It actually smells like one of the colognes that I have. I know. I'm weird. I never leave my house. I order everything out. And, uh, yeah, I still wear cologne. <laughs> okay, that that's the level of my weirdness. Just so if, if you had any, there was any inkling in your mind that maybe I was a little strange, well, there you go. There, there's your absolute proof beyond any shadow of a doubt. You know, I want to, I, I don't know, I want to smell good for my dogs. I don't know what I, don't know what I was thinking. But anyway, L-O-J-O-I-L.com. She anoints it. She's full of the Holy Spirit. She's been on the program. I pray for her all the time. And I personally like and wish I had more bottles, quite honestly, because I really kind of like to trade the uh, Holy Spirit's scent um, with the uh, Secret Place scent because uh, it's, you know, I don't, smell, I don't smell like my grandma going to Easter Sunday. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, that's what I happen to have here at the desk. Praise Jesus. So I'm just going to go ahead. So together, in the name of Jesus, Father, if you have some, Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Make like a cross. And I know you might say, well, that's kind of a Catholic thing. to do. No, 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 no. you got to go back and read your Bible. You know, before the three days of darkness and all that kind of creepy weirdness during the judgments, the Israelites were told to get, I think they had to get like, was it eucalyptus or something? There was a certain kind of a branch and then they had to dip it in lamb's blood and then they had to put a little dot above the door, the threshold of the front door and then to the left and to the right. Okay, and that was a sign of the cross. The whole Old Testament is all about Jesus. All right, so anyway, um, because... You know, I and the Father are one, John 10.30. Jesus and the Father are one. There have been people that have been taken to heaven. Well, I don't want to say people. There was one person that was taken to heaven that said to me in person, I have seen Jesus walk inside the Father and become one. So when the Bible says that he is begotten, 
it means begotten. It's, it's a new word to our vocabulary. Anybody who thinks that they have figured out what the word begotten means, they're wrong. Simple as that. They're wrong. Our Heavenly Father took part of his energy, that which makes up him, and he separated part of it out, and he said, this is my son. But he, it is one. They are one and the same, but they are separate. I know, it's hard to get our, wrap our tiny little peanut brains around. Because we're just minor gods, <laughs> okay? Minor gods don't get those kinds of things. And minor gods can be punished. They can die like men, Psalm 82. Have I not said that you are children of the Most High, but ye shall die like men? Well, if you can tell me how a minor god who has eternal life can die like a man, well, there is only one way. And that is if they incarnate into a man or woman body, human body. It is appointed to a man to die once and then face judgment. Yes, that's what's appointed to a man in a man body. That's not who we are. We are children of the light. We are light beings, beings of light and love. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I, we consecrate ourselves into your holy hands, Lord Jesus. We consecrate ourselves into your, into your complete and total ownership. We consecrate ourselves into your holy hands, Heavenly Father, and we praise your, we praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Clear the air. It's time to clear the air. Principalities, powers, strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places. We come against you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We sever your heads with the sword of the Spirit in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we declare fire swords of cherubim to shoot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare the fire of God, Zechariah 2.5, to shoot down from the glory pillar in the throne room and to burn you into screaming agony. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Lord. We exercise the rule of the victor over all demonic regions that have set their wills against us in Jesus' name. We exercise the rule of the victor over any, uh, any of those de demonic regions that have allowed these spirits in or through their territory for the purpose of coming against us. In Jesus' name, we command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all of their schemes, cancellation of all of their assignments against us. We tear up all their demonic contracts. We tear up all their demonic agreements. We vaporize them in the holy fire of God. Penalties apply into the pit. And the entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that at the moment that you set your wills against us, we declare the fire of God to shoot down from the heavens and to burn you in a screaming and horrific agony, scattering the demons of darkness in all directions in Jesus' name. Praise you, Father. Father, we also plead in the name of Jesus for the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot in the name of Jesus and to swirl on all sides around our dwelling places. All sides comes from Job 119. Please read it in the name of Jesus. On all sides and our cars and wherever we go and our loved ones and their cars, in the name of Jesus, we plead and declare in Jesus' name the holy fire of God to protect them. 
Hallelujah. And we declare and decree in Jesus' name for an assignment of warrior angels. In Jesus' name, a platoon of warrior angels, two to stand guard at our dwelling places, and a platoon, Father God, to ferret out all indirect threat vectors, all attacks against our loved ones, anything that happens at our at our jobs. Father God, make good eyes blind, good ears deaf in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for all demonic portals to be shut down in Jesus' name. We declare these angels to wage war against any entity of the darkness which we have not successfully stopped for any reason. We declare the fire of God around us and to sustain it with the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that that whirlwind, that whirlwind of the Holy Spirit will keep that fire white hot in Jesus' name. And we pray that that fire will remain hot and that that heaven, that the heavens that are opened up above us, open heavens, open heavens, will remain open in Jesus' name. If we dork up, if we screw up, if we slip up, do not let it close. If we make a mistake, Father, do not let it close. Allow us to confess of our sins, for you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, First John 1, 9, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Father, we declare the fire of God to vaporize earthly spiritual weapons, earthly and spiritual weapons, fiery darts, and to burn the demons of darkness that were behind it into screaming agony. We declare warrioring angels to swarm upon them, to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, and cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony. Yes, we have come to punish you before your time. Amen. Hallelujah. For greater things than these will we do, because our King Jesus has gone unto the Father. We plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Thank you, Father. We praise your name. I make 
I'm 
Praise God. <clears throat> so when I um, pray for the lost, <clears throat> it's all backed by Scripture. And I, what I do is, you know, the, the only offensive weapon in the entire armor of God is the Word, which is the sword of the Spirit. Which, by the way, the Word is Jesus, John Gospel of John, verses 1, 2, 3. I think 4, 2, but I'm not sure. But when I use the Word of God, see, I remember when I was young, they still do it today. And these are people that are essentially lost, and they're not really understanding their Bible very well at all. But that's okay. At least they're somewhere in the presence of the Lord, you know? So praise God for that. You know, everybody, you know, people that come out of Teen Challenge need some place to start, right? Amen? Amen. All right. So, um, but when I use the Word of God, a lot of times when I pray, I won't quote the Scripture exactly. I remember sitting in church and somebody in my family, whether it was my mother or my sister, whatever, said, you always need to read the Bible. You know, when the pastor would go, turn with me to Psalm 33, verse 9. And, they, and my family would say, you always need to turn with the pastor to Psalm 33, verse 9, and read it with him to make sure that they're not of the devil, and they're not twisting the word of God. Ah, fascinating. Christians are the most damning people on the face of the earth. They love to judge. They love to call people names. They love to shake their finger at people. The Holy Spirit told me that you... (laughs) I got to look it up again. It was a Chuck Misler teaching, but he he said that... I don't know if it was Moody of the Moody Bible Institute, but some famous uh, missionary met Gandhi in India and said, why are we having such a difficult time preaching the gospel of Jesus to the people here? And he said, Gandhi looked up at him and said, all he needed was one word. That's sad. You know, it's fascinating how the Bible says that um, they, the unbelievers, will know you by how you love one another. Don't see a lot of that. If you're not part of the club, a club at a particular, you know, church club, churchy entity club, you know, and you got to be part of the club, you know. If you're walking there now, I'm not saying they're all bad, and they're not. There are some pretty good churches out there, but nothing like there used to be in the '70s. Nothing. Those are. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Some people try to tell me that they do, but I have to see it to believe it. But anyway, when I'm praying spiritual warfare prayers, I don't necessarily quote. Like I'll say, in the name of Jesus, I call down the holy fire of God to burn you demons in the dark, you know, into, into screaming agony. Well, I know that the fire of God is used as a weapon. I know this because I have talked to people that have been taken into the spiritual realm where the demons are stopping our prayers. I've seen, I've had conversations with them. They've seen the prayers turn into fire. They've seen the demons scream in horror and run, I mean just scatter. 
They're horrified by the fire of God. Would you believe that there's only, I used to think there was only one place that the holy fire of God was mentioned in the Bible. That's what I used to think. Zechariah 2, 5, For I, saith the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. And he's talking about Jerusalem. Now, when exactly that is, we don't know. <clears throat> and it's irrelevant. Now, here's the thing. But wait a minute. What about the two witnesses? I know there's Apocrypha that says that it's going to be, you know, like whatever, Moses and Elijah or whatever, but I don't believe it. I think that Apocrypha is incorrect. I know that there are lots of good Christians out there that are waiting. They've even prophesied that the two witnesses are on the earth now. But they're not. They are, but they're not. <laughs> Because they don't know who the two witnesses are. They assume that the rumor mill in Christianity is that two bearded Hebrews are going to materialize from another dimension. They're going to come down from heaven. They're going to beam down on, you know, Scotty's going to work the transporter. And they're going to... And they're going to show up on a street corner in Tel Aviv with their black outfits and their big white beards. And everybody's going to say, you guys aren't Khazars. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen like that. It's not. Uh, back in 2011, I wrote an article, I think, called, it was called Common Sense Trub, Tr Tr Trib and Trumpet Bible or something like that. Bible interpretation. And I, in the article I wrote, why don't we ever use a little bit of common sense? If you know, you know, are there going to be two bearded Hebrews standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv in the end times? Well, look, there's going to be nuclear war. God's going to lob an asteroid into the earth. The earth is going to shake. The entire earth is going to shake. I mean, the whole planet's going to go. I mean, all the brick buildings and stone walls are all going to come crumbling to the ground. It is going to be the most devastating. Billions of people are going to die. It's going to cause a double mega tsunami. The La Palma volcanic mountain is going to collapse on the Canary Islands at the same time as a 1,000-foot tsunami washes over the east coast of the United States from the point of impact off the coast of Puerto Rico. It's going to be a double mega tsunami. When you were a kid and you were playing in the bathtub, you know, I can tell you that I did. My mom gave me toys, and I had little boats and everything going around in the bathtub, and I remember it. And one of the things you like to do is cause tsunamis when you're in the bathtub. It's a fun thing for a little boy to do. Okay, and I had all these, you know, little boats and things floating around, probably a rubber duck or two. And I took my left hand and my right hand, and I brought them together, and I went whoosh at the same time. So there was a tsunami coming in from the left, and there's a tsunami coming in from the right. And let me tell you something. When those two waves hit each other, Everything's wiped out. All the boats and rubber ducks. Rubber ducks will come back up, but the boats are going to sink. But the point is this. That's what's going to happen. And that's just in the Atlantic. What do you think is going to happen? All across the rest of the world. These things are going to be devastating. It's going to kill billions. And that's the kickoff to the day of the Lord. It's in Revelation 6, verse 12. 
And that same great earthquake is found in Ezekiel 38. I think it's verse 19 or something like that. Just go to Ezekiel 38 and skim, you know, read, skim real fast until you find the word earthquake. But it's going to say there's going to be a great earthquake in Israel. That's what it says. But you've got to keep reading. Read the last half of the sentence. It'll tell you it's also across the rest of the world. It's the same earthquake that happens during World War III, during the Gog and Magog invasion. All right? That's also when the three days of darkness happen, the, the sun turns black as sackcloth of hair. It's also when the sign of the Son of Man shows up. You know, Planet X is the sign of the Son of Man. Now, it doesn't mean that Planet X is, doesn't have demonic beings associated with its arrival, because it does. But it's still the sign the sign of the Son of Man. See? Did Jesus create everything? Did our Father create everything? In John 1, in Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3, it says, there was nothing that was made that was made that was not made of Jesus, from Jesus. Nothing that was made that was made. The second place in the Bible where the holy fire of God is used is by the two witnesses. Pastor Carl Gallops has a wonderful study on YouTube, if you can find it amongst the noise that Satan has put all around it, in dis, you know, disguised as Christians. But um, Carl Gallops nailed it. He's, he was on the, sh on the radio show two times. Absolutely fabulous guy. I wish he wouldn't have stopped preaching that Obama you know, fall, fell like lightning and all that kind of stuff, and, and that he's in, actually mentioned in the Bible. I wish he wouldn't have done that. He stopped it. He went on because Obama is no longer front and center. And I'm like, no, no, Pastor Carl, please come back. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. But so many people have gone on. Oops. But anyway, the fire, we know that two bearded Hebrews are not going to stand on a street corner in Tel Aviv and shoot fire out of their mouth for three and a half years. That's ridiculous. This isn't Ringling Brothers. <laughs> you know? It's talking about the two witnesses, the lampstand and the olive tree. Okay? Now, the olive tree is obviously the Jews. The lampstand is Jesus, is the Christians. And they are the witnesses, they are the two witnesses of our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus during the Great Tribulation. Which, by the way, it's mentioned later in the book of Revelation, further down. But the point is... They're breathing fire out of their mouth. Why are they breathing fire out of their mouth? Because it's a weapon. I declare the fire of God to burn you into the pit. Now, here's the thing. Um, so in Job 33, verse 14 through 18 in the King James Bible, it actually reads, explicitly reads, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, Yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men. But then it goes on and it says, In slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction. That he may withdraw man from his purpose, hide pride from the man. He keepeth back his soul from the pit, and his life from perishing by the sword. Now when I pray spiritual warfare prayers for the lost on the world, I don't quote that entire verse. I don't need to. 
All I need to, I just say, for God speaks once, yea, twice, but man perceiveth it not in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, to save his soul from the pit and to seal his instruction. That's all I need. Okay? It doesn't mean that I'm some strange demon that's been conjured up from the bottom of the pit. Okay? Because I didn't completely read every single word exactly as it's written. I'm using the sword of the Spirit. For example, in Job 1, 9 through 10, it says, So Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and his household and around all that he has on every side? Hey, there's a mystery there. I wonder how many people note that the hedge of protection that our Heavenly Father put around Job and his possessions and his household and his, you know, entire farm and livestock, that that hedge of protection was on every side, every side. I picked these little things out, and I used them in my prayers as part of the Sword of the Spirit. So I just wanted to share that with you, because I know that there are very, very judgmental Christians out there. I know, because I've been the target for at least 13 years, probably more like 15 years. Big target. Website set up, hate my guts, try to get me fired from my job. YouTubers telling me that I'm the second most, uh, what do they call it? I was the second biggest false prophet under David Wilkerson. <laughs> and the little old lady with the white hair with tears running down her eyes going, I'm telling you this because Jesus called me to tell you. These are the top. <laughs> Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. These are the top false prophets out there. Number one is David Wilkerson. Oh, Lord, praise you, Jesus. Number two is that Johnny Baptist. And I'm like listening to this on YouTube and I'm going, Wow, what an honor to be even mentioned in the same sentence as David Wilkerson. <laughs> you know, and it's so sad because sheep, we're dumber than sheep. We really are. We are a lot dumber than sheep. I've watched videos where people in the United Kingdom who were sheep farmers they would have this ditch that they would dig along the side of the road, the country road, for runoff for when it rained. And they, one of their sheep would fall into the ditch and it gets stuck. And then they, you can watch it on the video. It's absolutely hilarious. And they would reach down. They would, you know, it would. These sheep are heavy. These are big, big sheep. And they would lift them out of the pit or out of the out of this very narrow channel that they dug to drain the water. They lift them out and they let them go. And the sheep would go running along the ditch and go right back into the ditch and get stuck again. Welcome to the definitely the American Christian. <laughs> But anyway, it's okay. We're all in this together. The the uh, scriptures in First uh, uh, Corinthians twelve and thirteen, when it talks about love, you know, we we love the weakest, weakest the those who don't understand, those who need the extra help. We treat those members with greater respect and love because we are truly all in this together. That is, if we can get past all of the darkness that has made it into the hearts and minds of those who believe that they are workers for the Lord Jesus. They've lost, they don't have love. 
not real love. Praise God, thank you. Well, you know, I'm not, I, and I know, I know I'm generalizing. I know I'm generalizing, and I know that that's a bad thing. I'm just trying to make a point. That's all. There are a lot of wonderful gatherings out there. A lot of them. There's a lot of them. Praise God. All right. So I just wanted to share that with you. Praise Jesus. All right. So on that note, I'm going to scroll down these. This is huge group of. Prayer vigil notes. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. And unfortunately, I, I, this like needs to be like four hours long. I don't always want to use a full four hours, but I never get enough time with three. Praise you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Father. All right. And I'm still trying to master the uh, new sound console, so I'm going to dork up. So hang in there. All right. Let's see if this works. But you, I don't like that song. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me stop it. See if which one it is. Try to figure out which one it is. Just to know. But you, you are a chosen generation. This is it. It's number three. A royal priesthood. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. First Peter two nine, Colossians three twelve, Philippians four eight. Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, "Oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me." 
Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and seen up and received up into glory. And by the word God by the way, God is actually Theos. So the word is God, even though it's talking about Jesus. First Timothy three sixteen. Father, we pray that you will totally cleanse us, purify us. For Titus 1, verse 15 says, To the pure, all things are pure. To the pure, all things are pure. All things are pure. I will rise at midnight to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgment. Wow. You will see a thousand fall at your left hand, ten thousand at your right, but it will not come near you, for you will see the reward of the wicked. Wow. And we will praise him. We will praise him. Purify us, Father. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me that same manner he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Ani, Vidodi, Vidodi, Lee. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Dear Heavenly Father, we hold up a golden cup of forgiveness before you, symbolically, as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, your own special people called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And the royal priests, Father, what they did was they confessed of the sins. They did animal sacrifice, blood sacrifice. For what? The sins of the people. Daniel prayed for the forgiveness of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Israel. Zechariah prayed. Was it Zechariah? No, it wasn't. Nehemiah, sorry, one six. He prayed for the sins of the peoples of the lands of Israel. He confessed to them. He confessed to their sins for them. Father, as a royal priesthood, we hold up symbolically before you a golden cup of forgiveness in the mighty name of Jesus, and we pray, Father, please forgive the peoples of the lands of Europe, for they know not what they do. From Ireland on the west side, 
to the ends of the Ukraine on the right side. Father, from the northern sides of Norway to the southern sides of Cyprus and all lands in between, all nations, tribes, and tongues, the good and the bad, in the name of Jesus we pray. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. For we confess of their sins before thee, Father. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Even if before time, Father, we're looking for a breakthrough, hallelujah, we praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness, rulers of darkness, and high places above the lands of Europe, in the name of Jesus, we come against you. We declare fire swords of cherubim shot down from the heavens to cut you into pieces. We declare the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar in Jesus' name and burn you in its screaming agony. And we decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels and archangels to follow diamond-tipped swords, sharp as razor blades, to enter into war with you. Greater war since before creation, in Jesus' name. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior. Strong men, come forth. Subordinate spirits, out now. Come out of the peoples of the lands of Europe. In Jesus' name we command it. We decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon you, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you in a screaming agony in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, please, we pray that you will seal the pit with your blood, even if but for a time, in Jesus' name. We decree the fire of God, authority, hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate all of the peoples of the lands of Europe on all sides. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. We declare the crystal river, the living water, the abundant grace of God to flow into their heart, to flow into their mind, to flow into their soul, to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That the Father, our Father, our Abba Father, our dear Father may be glorified. You would want not one to perish. Father, we plead in the name of Jesus for an innumerable company of angels of light and love in the presence of our Lord Jesus to descend upon them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. In the name of Jesus, we pray for them. Bring the visions upon them. Bring the visions upon the millions, the hundreds of millions of people across the land of Europe. Touch them, Father God, all nations, tribes, and tongues. In the name of Jesus, Lord Jesus, we pray, please, will you call them out by their name in their native tongue? Let them hear your voice like Samuel did. In Jesus' name we pray. And thank you, Father, forever and ever. Forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Amen. We will see you all next Friday. 
Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life we are cleansed through your holy sacrifice as we lift your name on high. 